This is the Mysteria podcast, the newest installment. The newest installment? The newest one. So I'm very pleased to be speaking with somebody that I've known very long time. All your life. Come on. My entire life. Yes, your entire life. So Mr. Tony Starcevich. Yes. It's a pleasure to have you on today. Well, thank you. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be interesting. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that I've known Tony for so long is we are music buddies. Yes. So all of the concerts that I've gone to, for the most part, ni- 95%, yeah, I would 95%. say. Yeah, 95%. Um, have been with you, my dad, throw in a brother or two. Or your mother. And a mother. (laughs) Who, by the way, I love going to concerts with. I absolutely love it. Sits next to me and she comments on everything. (laughs) And it's hilarious. I think I'd rather maybe have her sitting next to me than your dad. She's maybe funnier, makes better comments. Oh, she makes more judgmental comments, which tend one, to be funnier. That's one word. <laughs> <laughs> so today's going to be a really good one. Um, I figure in my lifetime, I've probably been, well, I guess we'll have to rethink it after this episode, but I think probably over 200 concerts. And that seems like a lot, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was more. Okay, your dad and I, in the last six years, seven years, we do about 25 concerts a year. Yeah. And that's just him and I. Sometimes he will also go to other ones. I've gone to other concerts as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so I mean, you're talking 25 plus a year for the last six years, plus God knows in the past. (laughs) I mean... I do have a seven-page list here. Oh, yeah, That's yes. a partial list. And this is a partial list that spans half of uh, your concert-attending career. Yes. This one, well, the first one here, the first two concerts on here, I didn't actually get to for a reason. <laughs> one was 1965, and I don't think back then when you were, uh, <laughs> I guess I would have been 12. Right. You went to concerts that much. Yeah. Especially... The first two concerts. That's right. You know. Yeah. Being. But it was uh, interesting. I mean, getting ready for this, it was trying to remember the concerts. Mm-hmm. Then you're writing them down. And then you go online to try and solidify the actual date. Then you start thinking about other concerts. <laughs> and it probably took a good week of full-time work, if you add it up. To put together something that is not even complete. Mm-hmm. Because it's most of the stuff just isn't there. And you're you know, you're going to ten different websites looking for stuff. It's just not there. And so for context, what years are we discussing today? Today will be nineteen sixty five to nineteen ninety one. Which sounds like a lot, but from 91 to 20, we'll call it 2019, I suppose, um, is even more, shockingly. Oh, yeah, Yeah. it's way more. But the people. I've got got a pile of receipts (laughs) that's that's three inches thick of just each page is one concert. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, that's just the way it is. And a lot of those, you know, I haven't bothered to put on the list because 
since I started doing this, I decided, okay, I may as well, because of you, <laughs> do a complete list yeah. or try to. And even then, I've gone to concerts that aren't listed anywhere. You know, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to see somebody and they're just not there. It's not on the website. Nobody covered it because nobody cared about who the band was. Just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to, obviously, all of these shows were well before I was uh, kicking around. In, oh, yes. Uh, jolly old 96 there. But uh, so I'm excited to, we're going to go through oh. the list. Yep. We'll go through gonna, the list. We got stories. We yes. got comments. Hopefully some judgmental comments. <laughs> oh, there'll be some. And actually, so right before I go to you, I just because I was joking with you, I wanted to get it on the. Yes. I wanted to get it on the recording. So this is this is how you know it's going to be a good podcast. Oh, that's yes. good. That is good. <laughs> okay. Now we're not going to talk. Well, we might talk ages, but we're not going to do too much of that. But it's funny because like the Stones first were here, December one, two, nineteen sixty five. Now. Where did they play? Oh, they played the Peony Agridome. There was 5,400 fans. It was sold out. I didn't go. I was too young. <laughs> but I, I know some friends of mine who did go because they were older. And they said it was, it was packed. But you're talking the Agridome. So then the Stones come back the next year, which is July 1966. They play the Forum. That's only 3,000 people. So for some reason, either they didn't figure they could sell out, but that concert was only, and you got to take this into context, 30 minutes long. That's how long concerts were. Records used to be 22 minutes long. That's it. You know, so I mean, you go to a concert now, and if a band plays for less than 90 minutes, they get booed. <laughs> yep. You expect a two-hour show. Mm -hmm. You expect everything imaginable. Back then it was the guys are on stage and it doesn't matter who the band is, the Stones, whoever. That's it. There's no special effects. There's no real light show because they didn't bring lighting. They up there, they played, and then they left quick. And that's it. You know what I mean? 30 minutes, but then you got to think tickets are probably... Well, we'll get to ticket prices, but they're around $3. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, nowadays, well, tickets are anywhere from 150 to 1500 which is... Oh, and I've seen, I've seen more several stuff. thousand. Yeah. Yeah. And which generally comes with, which is sort of annoying now because the multi-thousand uh, VIP packages, those are like the the front few rows usually yes. it's like the front one to 20 yep. and then they divide into like three or four packages so even the fans like the you know the i don't want to say like the real fans like insinuating that but the, they can't a lot of them can't afford that that's just it i know um your dad and i were going to go see ozzy for his last one and i was on the floor i had two tickets on the floor and they were 300 350 each Right in front of us would have been an empty walkway. Mm -hmm. Then there was um, a barricade. And then the very next row was 500 bucks a seat. <laughs> but you're still quite a ways from the stage. Just because, you know, 
you know, you go to see Lady Gaga or Pink or something, it's like 1500 bucks a seat for down in front in the first somewhere in the first 10 rows, unless you're going to spend even more and do a meet and greet. I mean, you know. And quick tangent, have you seen Lady Gaga? No. You haven't, eh? No. My dad's gone with my brother twice, and like an really? idiot, I didn't go. Well, the first time they went, I wasn't really a fan, because this is quite a few years ago now. The, I think the first time was almost 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But the second time, I was a fan. I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan. She's one of my favorites. But it's, <laughs> Love her. <laughs> it's the price tags. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? I mean, okay, if you take a look at this, you'll see like... Okay, the first concert I ever went to was July 30th, 1966. Opening band, Grateful Dead. <laughs> Headlining band, Big Brother and the Holding Company with Janis Joplin. But they played at the Peony Gardens. I don't even think the Coliseum had been built yet. <laughs> Seriously. You know, but I mean, that's the kind of bands... You know, and you actually, did we have seats on the floor? I think we had, I think there was seating at that time on the floor. But, you know, other ones, you know, it's, you know, and then, well, something you would probably never even remember. You, I don't even know if you'd know. In Stanley Park, Easter Sunday, they always had a BN. The first one was 1967. Country Joe and the Fish. It's free. <laughs> they had it every year after for the next, I don't know, seven years. And every year there was bounce. They don't do stuff like that anymore. You, you know, you can't. Who else is around here? Oh, May 27, 67. The Collectors, Painted Ship, Magic Fern, Jefferson Airplane with Grace Slick. That was out in Richmond Arena. That's not even around anymore, is it? No. Richmond Arena. No. <laughs> but I was sure that they played at the P&E at some point. Jefferson Airplane? Yeah. But I can't find any record of that. Uh, Jefferson Airplane, they're kind of like a um, Vietnam War band, right? Like they're th like kind of like CCR. and uh, Are they kind of associated with that era of or that movement of they music? were more the psychedelic out of san francisco mm, okay so they were doing serialistic pillow and that was their one and you know they were more that end country mm -hmm. joe and the fish they started off that way and then they became more vietnam war grateful dead they just played for, <laughs> grateful dead was doing grateful dead things. well except like <laughs> their keyboard player he was his name was pig pen he weighed about 200 pounds and he was a hell's angel was he really? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but that's, you know, but they, you know, and they didn't, they started then with playing their marathon shows. You know, right. they'd play an hour, an hour and a half, and then it went into like four hours later on. And would that be because they all dropped acid or that would be like sober they started they doing liked, that? Well, they were, I think they were doing both. <laughs> yeah. Like some were sober, some were dropping <laughs> Not acid. Not mutually exclusive. But they were playing, you know, and they just went off. When they were playing, you know, they'd do a guitar solo for 15 minutes. But the thing about them was their deadheads would follow them concert to concert to concert to concert. And they were allowed to video or to tape the entire concert, which bands don't like anymore. The dead didn't care. 
And even that, like, uh, like the dead, yeah, that's right, the deadheads. Because I always think Kiss Army. Um, but that wasn't, you know, till 70... Something. 78, maybe, yeah. or 70... Probably Destroyer. Well, yeah, but you got to remember, the Kiss Army, did they, tr- you know... That's the thing. They don't travel that much, whereas the Deadheads... We do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we yes, do. okay. But the Deadheads, they would, you know, if the Dead were Across having, the country. Yeah, they do a 60-city tour. Some of the people were at every single concert. They just followed the Dead from place to place to place. Although I have done that with Joe Bonamassa. I've chased him, I think, on three three countries. Four. Four. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, you know, it's like, you know, are you going to watch him here in Vancouver for a couple shows, go to Calgary for a couple and then Edmonton? And well, I mean, what bugged me is he did do, um, was it Calgary? Yeah, he did that one year. And he did three shows and he didn't come here. That's right. I was very pissed. I know. Yeah. Yeah, It is what it is. Who else is on here? Oh, yeah. I saw the Grateful Dead in 67. They played the Agridome as a headliner. The good one, though, and I don't know who's going to remember this. Uh, July 17th, 1967. Herman's Hermits. Oh, yeah. They Paul pl- Guerin talked about him on the podcast. They played the Agridome. Really? Yep. Were they that popular? Well, supposedly <laughs> were. Okay. Opening um, act was the Blues Magoos, who I hey, like. Okay. I like. Yeah. I, I like them. The next act was The Who. Sorry, Blues Magoos followed by The Who, then Herman's Hermits. Herman's was... Hermits was the headline. Holy shit. The Who did eight songs. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And now Herm- 67 for The Who. What would. That was the original. Like one, one album or two albums? Uh, they would have. I was trying to think what they would have had were. my generation out. Okay, that's a big hit. Um, I'm like, trying Won't to Get think. Fooled Again or. Yeah, I don't know if they would have had. The Seeker, maybe. No, Seekers wasn't on their first was that album, later? was it? Yeah. Mm. I don't know if they even had a second album out here. Oh, right. See, you got to remember, back then, like even the Stones and that, they'd release something in England, something different would get released here. That's right. So you end up having to try and get the import because it had different songs than the North American release. I'm trying to think with ACDC as well, because their, their first ever album was Power Age, right? Yes. But, it, but in North America, it was High Voltage. Yeah. Yeah. And different songs. That's right. I have both. That's right. I collect all of that <laughs> shit. And well, rightfully I the, so. I did the thing with the Stones, too. I mean, if you look at Aftermath, there's two versions, because there's different songs. The uh, UK version is one thing. Oh. <laughs> That's a good interruption, at least. That's okay. I'm keeping that in the recording. <laughs> That's well, my ringtone. And I'm wearing a, I, especially for today, I'm wearing a Motorhead shirt. It yep. was from 1982. Well, it's, okay. It's a Lucky Brand shirt. So it was like made two years ago. <laughs> yes. But the front says 1982. Yes. And then on the back, I even asked Tony, I'm like, I wore this for you today. Were you at this show? And he looked at the back. He's like, yep, there we go. I was at that oh, yeah. one in Vancouver. Well, <laughs> you know, you can't, uh, I mean, okay. The top three bands I've seen is... Motorhead, I've never missed a show in Vancouver or Victoria. Um, Kiss, not only here, but yes, down in Seattle and White River Amphitheater, Oregon. And with us. ACDC. (laughs) And ACDC. Yeah. 
who is actually coming up on this list somewhere. Now, now I mean, okay, that threw me about the who. I mean, yes, Herman's Hermits was the big deal. I don't. I think it's the only time they've ever headlined a show with the who. But they did. And then you go into like July thirty first sixty seven, and you've got a band who has had the probably the three most famous guitar players ever. Their original guitar player was Eric Clapton. <laughs> yeah. Then their next player guitar player was Jeff Beck. And then it goes to Jimmy Page, the Yardbirds. And it's funny, they played out at Carisdale, and I know tickets were three fifty. I didn't have to pay to get in because I it's funny, back then it's the first show I remember that I was with the with somebody who actually was doing you don't want to say lighting because they didn't do lighting it was oil and they were using um uh, what do you call it coloring food color oh right yeah to to like cover the to make the whole background that's look right. like it was all psychedelic and and that's how i got in that show because i knew him and the, the, color yeah, the color guy. Yeah. <laughs> the color guy. <laughs> and the funniest part is, you know, my memory says Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page were on stage. When you do the research, they're saying that Beck left in 66. So it's kind of, okay, I guess my memory could be playing tricks from back then. I like going with the memory on that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's right. You know, and then you had other places like Rentnell Circus. I saw Country Joe and the Fish there. I mean, it was a small club. It only lasted for like uh, three months. And then they packed it in. But then we go back to November of 67, and it's Painted Chip, Family Tree, Magic Fern, and the Yardbirds. And it's one of the last times that they played, because what they ended up doing is the rest of the band basically packed it in. And what they ended up, Jimmy Page was basically fronting the band at that point. He owned it. And he um, kept going as the new Yardbirds. Oh, that's right. I always wondered about that because I vaguely remember seeing something about like Yardbirds and new Yardbirds. Yeah, the new Yardbirds was basically Led Zeppelin. Right. <laughs> right. But they toured, and they toured in Sweden and that. And I actually have a. Um, at a two or three record box set of them playing, but they're playing all like Dazed and Confused. They're playing some Yardbird stuff, but they're playing the new Zeppelin stuff that hasn't even come out yet. You know, but even then, there you go. It's $3.50 for a ticket. You know. Even with inflation. Even with inflation. Yeah. You know, the Who got a little bit better. I mean, they came back in 68. They played the Agridome. They played 12 songs. <laughs> but even that, you look at it and it's not, they're not long songs. You know, they're three, three and a half minute songs. So what are you looking at? 45 minutes? Mm -hmm. And that's it. 
then they leave. I don't know who who was with them because it does. I could find nothing on that. Well, and you're also limited by. I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but like just the fact that you're on vinyl. Well, vinyl didn't. Ha- There's only so much time you could put on vinyl. Yeah, records are 22 minutes at that point. Um, they did start to put a little bit more on there. I'm trying to think, I'm like I'm hearing Elvis somewhere. Is that Elvis? Oh, I know what that is. It's probably down down the road. It's a singer that somebody has hired outside of their house. <laughs> what a fitting. That's Elvis, right? Elvis impersonator. Well, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's Elvis. Elvis is alive and well. Yeah. <laughs> He's down the street. Yes. What a, look at all these timely interruptions. I'm I keeping know. all this shit in. I, I like this. Now, you know, we go to '68. Who did I see? I saw Cream, Coliseum. That was awesome. I was up fairly close. We were on the flo- I was on the floor, and there's the three of them, and that's great. The doors were also in 68 at the Coliseum. And I remember, I think I was like 30th row or something on the floor. But then again, tickets are 350 You could afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a paper route. Yeah, there goes your paper route money and a little bit more and you got it. <laughs> That's right. Um, September 68, you got Soft Machine, Vanilla Fudge, Jimi Hendrix. And Hendrix even admitted at the beginning of the concert, he was sick. He had the flu. And he still did, you know, rolling on the rolling on the stage playing and guitar behind the head, playing with his teeth. It was, you know, it's the only time I think he ever came to Vancouver. I, I was going to say, so, like, we got to talk about Hendrix a bit because, I mean, I'm a, a fan, but obviously, yes. you know, never got the chance to see him. But so when you went to see him... Mm-hmm. You I, knew, already, who he I was. knew who he was. Yeah. All these bands, I already knew who they were. The Yardbirds, I'd already been following them. The Who, because I had the first one, their first record. Um, everybody else I've seen here, The Doors, Zeppelin, I already knew who all these bands were. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I went. But there wasn't a lot of other concerts as well. And the fact that you knew all these bands, like just relative to the people that you sort of hung out with was that like unusual or, or was that sort of more sign of the times no that's the people i hung out with that's the bands we listened to right you know i mean you had am and you had fm <laughs> right yeah, and fm right. was where you listened to all these and you'd used to go down to a and b sound when it was on granville street and records i think vinyl was two dollars and 99 cents for an album you know, so you'd buy these. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was no downloading. There was <laughs> yeah. no, there was none of that, you know. So I've still got that. I've mm-hmm. still got, I don't know, 2,500 vinyl. A lot of it's in mono. Yeah, right. Because that's yeah. how it came out. Holy crap. And you had to put <laughs> it on your record player and, you know, you'd go from there. How big is your vinyl collection currently would you say because most of it you know like you never got rid of anything like you kept everything i think i've got about 2500 albums and i probably have about (laughs) five or six hundred forty fives which includes eps that's right stuff like that yeah the singles cds uh, probably about 1500 or more yeah 
but I also have probably six terabytes oh, yeah. of yeah. download music. I took every CD I had mm -hmm. and put it onto, onto a portable disc. So that, okay, so my, my story is the same as that, except onto an iPod. Yes. My, minus the disc, going to a disc, it goes disc to then I, iTunes, then onto the iPod for me. Well. But nobody does, you know. like Mine's how, on my phone. Yeah, I, I downloaded right. it all onto my computer, mm -hmm. and then my iPod's a uh, 64 gig. It's full. Oh yeah, um, and it's then ten times over. <laughs> yeah, and then on my phone, it was okay. I want to, so I just I just copy stuff onto my phone. Mm -hmm. So I'm listening, but all you know, I don't play my CDs anymore. I play them once, they get burned onto a six terabyte disc, and they stay on the computer full time. Mm -hmm. So anytime I want to listen, I can just I just go into that. I don't throw CDs in anymore. Although I probably still have about 20 to burn. That's not too that bad. That I haven't even listened to. Mm -hmm. And it's um, stuff I got from CD now and that, but it's stuff like Love and the Easy Beats and stuff that I, I you can never find vinyl. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. With a lot of stuff, you've I got vinyl. They never made it in CDs. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and it's... And you can't find vinyl sometimes, but you can find CDs for whatever reason. So you buy them and, you know. And the cool thing with like the resurgence of vinyl is that now, like, okay, perfect example. So Stapleton's last album, Starting mm -hmm. Over, which is so good. Oh, God. Stapleton's so goddamn good. Uh, so I, I pre-ordered the album on you iTunes. You saw him, right? I've seen him two or three times. I've seen him twice. Yeah. Once, once here White and River. once in the state. That White was River. with, yeah, we yeah. went, White River, yes. and then up here. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, probably just the two times. And I downloaded, pre-ordered it on iTunes, so I downloaded it literally the moment that it was available. Then we bought the CD, and I recently bought the vinyl. Because mm -hmm. now you can buy shit on vinyl again. Yes. Which is nice. Well, I know that... Because it is superior quality. A Let's lot just, of times... It absolutely is. <laughs> it's like, not hipster shit. It no. really is. <laughs> like um, the Choir Boys. They've redone their first album. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. <laughs> I downloaded that. Yeah, because me too. I, could, I was listening to it on the way on the drive I here. I couldn't <laughs> buy it. I can't buy it yet. But I downloaded I went to Pirate Bay and went, oh, yeah, fine. Okay, here it is. Bought it. Got it. I'll wait. And as soon as I can buy it, then I will buy it. You know, I mean, I do that with a lot of stuff, though. You download it and you go, you know, I really like that. I did that all with all the Motorhead stuff, too. You know, I'll... Because a lot of times you can download it before you can actually physically buy it. That's right. Yeah. So I'll download it, and then as soon as I get it, I'll buy it and just put it in the pile with all the rest of the mm -hmm. Motorhead stuff, which is... Extensive. Oh, very <laughs> much so. Right down to the leather um, vinyl record that was brought back from England for me the day before it came out. What do you mean leather vinyl? It's, it's vinyl. The case is real leather oh wow and it's stamped <laughs> oh that's pretty cool oh yeah what year with what album's that oh and sorry you got it when it was like this was back in the day when it was released the day before okay because a friend of mine was in england and he knew it was coming out he told the guy he was coming back here and he actually he the record keeper sold him that and also sold him the cassette in a leather pouch Oh, wow. He kept, he wanted the pouch yeah. and the leather. He got the cassette. So that's not bad. 
Um, oh yes, the doors. I remember them. They were also in um, the Coliseum in 1968. And that was another, sh I think there was like, that was the first time they came to town. As far as I can tell, they only came here twice. And the second time was interesting because they actually recorded it. And you can get it live in Vancouver. And then, of course, you know, Yardbirds pack it in in 67 or early 68. And then Zeppelin comes to town in December of 68, Vanilla Fudge and Led Zeppelin. And it's funny because, you know, there you got Jimmy Page again. And you've got one of the all-time great drummers. You know, so... What year did he die? Ginger Baker? Uh, what did he die about three years ago? Okay. Something like that? Yeah. I'm actually on, a face, on his Facebook page. Oh, there you go. His yeah, kids yeah. are... They yeah, keep it, it going. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was actually—I think he was a member of Parliament over there for a while. Oh and, shit! Oh yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but he—but he was more of a jazz drummer. That's right. But he was one of the all-time greats. And then you know, after after Zeppelin and that, he went on to Ginger Baker's Air Force. Okay. I think I've got his vinyl. I, I think I got two of his records. That they were, yeah, they weren't Zeppelin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? Oh, yes. Now, in 1969, we have something called the Seattle Pop Festival, which was in July, which is the month before Woodstock. The almighty Woodstock. The almighty Woodstock. Everybody knows about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> now, Seattle, it was down in Seattle, obviously. And it cost $6 a day or $15 for three days. Holy shit. And wow. there was about, <laughs> there was only about 70,000 people. Okay. Where was it? In Seattle. Woodenville. Woodenville. Okay. Yeah. However, if you listen, if you look at some of the people who are on here, they went from here, they went to Woodstock. That's right. It's like 10 years after. You remember him from Woodstock and he's got the, um, watermelon on his shoulder and <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He did the same thing in Seattle. They put on a killer show. I always wanted to see them because I loved their, their early stuff. And then you had Santana. First time he, it's one of the few, I think his record had just barely been released. Yeah. He was like 21? He was, was he even younger, maybe. Yeah, as the, some of the members in his band looked like they couldn't even shave yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm worried, but it's funny. You could be right down in front watching this. That's right. You know, and I mean, you've got, uh, it's a beautiful, oh, I love It's a Beautiful Day. Uh, I got some, I got photos of some of this stuff, but it's in a box stuck away somewhere. <laughs> but it's like, I've, I know I got photos of It's a Beautiful Day, of the birds. Um, oh, yes. There's some other ones in there. A uh, band called, um, where are they on here? By the way, I'm Spirit. just wondering if. Oh, Spirit? Yes. Oh, there you go. Yes. Now, were they. That's who they sued. They were popular. Oh, they're very popular. Then, yeah. And that's who sued Zeppelin. 
That's right. For, was it Stairway to Heaven? Yes. Or that's a different list? Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Zeppelin's got a few. <laughs> oh, I know. But, and they, they're saying that one of their songs that they, because they were on tour together for a while, that Jimmy Page stole it. But they're not saying Reworked, they stole the song, yeah. right? They, they're saying they stole the riff? Yeah. Or, or the, like, the opening riff or yeah. whatever? Yeah. And it, it's very close. Yeah. But, I mean, how many chords are there? That's the thing. If you can play a G, a C, and a D, you can play, like, most top 40 hits. So, ACDC's entire catalog is AGD. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's awesome. It works. <laughs> but the best thing about this whole, the whole night was you had The Doors. Jim Morrison, actually, it was one of the few concerts he even played in 69 because he was getting charged with obscenity in, I think it was Miami. And, they and didn't what was tour. that about, for the people who don't know? Uh, what did he do? he was exposing himself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Supposedly. <laughs> On stage. On stage. Yeah, yeah. But there's no record. There's no photos. But they didn't tour. And he was afraid that, you know, he could get thrown in jail. Hmm. So this was one of the few concerts. And then who played right after that? Oh, he was pretty drunk. He had the full beard. And he was drinking wine. He was. <laughs> oh, he was oh he's going for oh, no, it. <laughs> he was. He was looped. And then out comes this British band called Led Zeppelin, who just fucking blew everybody away, because a lot of them have never had never seen them. And you know, Page is out there, and he's got on a velvet suit. He's got his double neck guitar, and he's using his bow. And they closed the show. They were awesome and i remember i was i think 15 feet from the stage there wasn't a lot of crowd pushing yeah, or anything that's right you know i mean it was great and then a lot of these bands some of them went over to woodstock and they either did good or they didn't <laughs> as you will see in a minute because you know we did i did seattle pop festival and then we had a couple of days later, we were back in Vancouver, and the band called Taste was the opening act with Blind Faith. Oh, shit. Which is <laughs> oh, Eric yeah. Clapton and Ginger Baker and Stevie Winwood and Rick Gretsch as a bass player. That one cost, I think I paid $350, but I was up in the Coliseum. I was in the nosebleeds. Okay. It was that hard trying to get tickets. Oh, so they were in really high demand then. Yeah. yeah. Well, after Cream... See, a lot of people, I guess, they, you know, you're talking now 1969. Right. And everybody then who knew who Clapton was. That's From right. Cream. Because yeah. Cream was this meteor that just exploded for four or five years. Yeah, that's it. And then. Short-lived. That was it. Yeah. And did they basically just end when Clapton left or did they did they replace them because no, i don't no, really no. they did not replace yeah they them. just kind the of band just went their separate ways for whatever reason except ginger baker decided he was going to play drums for clapton and blind faith right yeah so i don't know you know it's funny that you know they get rick gretch and you're kind of going okay well why so obviously there was something in the other band there was some sort of disagreement maybe mm-hmm you know, and I mean, they were playing a lot, and they were recording a lot, and but Blind Faith only came out with one record. Yeah, that's right. How crazy is that? And then they're gone, and then Clapton goes off and does his 
separate stuff. You Does know. Eric Clapton? <laughs> yeah, Eric yeah. Clapton and uh, what was he called? Oh, I'm trying to remember what the band was actually called. After Blind Faith? Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't even know he was in a band after that. I figured he just Layla. Went, oh, Derek and the Dominoes. Derek and the Dominoes. Right, right. Then yeah. he went. Then he just went. Eric Clapton. Then yeah. it's just Eric Clapton. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he was also right. a heroin addict, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I mean, that may, Crazy, yeah. that may have played into some of the stuff too. And he uh, was a kid. Like in Cream, he was like 16 when they started, right? No. Uh, Clapton, he would have been like 16, 17 when he was in the Yardbirds. Right. Okay, right. Okay, before yes. that, he was in uh, John Mayles' Blues Breakers. And he was really young there. Then he went on to the Yardbirds. And then he left there for whatever reason, and he did cream, and he never wanted to sing, but he could. Yeah. He got talked into that for cream, mm -hmm. which, since then, that's it. He yeah. just sings. The rest is history, yeah. Yeah. By the way, I hope the, this guy, I, so we're, okay, so the setting we're in right now, so we're in Tony's front yard here. Yes. And we got our, my, all the nice gear that I spent all this money on for the podcasting equipment back, back in the day. Uh, when I started, uh -huh. and uh, I was getting I hope, serenaded. I hope so, this guy's so good. So like we have our headphones on. So I took the half headphone off my head because this guy is so good. <laughs> so I'm like, I hope the um, mics are picking him up. A the bit. guy actually um, was doing residency in Las Vegas as an Elvis impersonator because I've talked to him. He's done this. Is this before. the guy from Abbotsford or Aldergrove or something? Don't know. Because my parents were just at a party, and they do it every year. They have the Elvis guy come in, and he does. But he does like, well, he's not just an impersonator. Like he does Elvis and Roy Orbison. No, nope, but like, nope. just he, oh, okay, this is a different guy. Then. Yeah, because okay. he actually won some award in Vegas Did as really? an Elvis impersonator. Jeez, oh, okay. And then he came back here for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> not as hot. Not as hot. <laughs> no. Yeah, this guy's unbelievable. He I hope, I hope the mics good. are picking it up. Oh, he, he sure actually is. is so good. <laughs> Where were we here? So we 69. Okay, so the Seattle Pop Festival was yes. July 25, 26, and 27 of 69. August 9th was Blind Faith in that. Then August 22, 23, and 24, which is a week after Woodstock. So some of the bands who were at Woodstock weren't exactly thrilled with their performance. One of them being Grateful Dead. Because they played... But it's funny, if you go on to anything to do with Woodstock, there's virtually nothing mentioned about the Grateful Dead. Oh, even the fact that they sucked. Yeah. And they were all tripping out and... However, you can find, um, if you do a lot of really deep dive in that, I think there's a six... CD set of Woodstock? of Woodstock. Really? Oh, yeah. What's the quality of that recording? I don't know. I downloaded it. It was... I've got it. Decent enough? It's decent enough, but oh, it okay. but everybody plays in order. There's, people, right, there's right. people on the CD who aren't mentioned anywhere unless you find the original Woodstock lineup. It's just how it is. You know, they, they just picked out Oh, we're going to put Hendrix. We're going to put The Who. We're going to put the 10 Years After. We're going to put Richie Havens and et cetera. You know, and a lot of the other bands, they got short shrift. They just, no. Well, and the funny thing about Grateful Dead, so John Fogarty tells the story 
because at Woodstock, CCR, follow, they followed Grateful Dead, right? Mm-hmm. And so Fogarty, they were just, that was like album one for CCR, yep. which was every album they did was like ridiculous. But yes. and then anyway, there's the whole lawsuits with against his brother brought the lawsuits against yeah, john that, and a uh, bunch john's, of bullshit john's uh, single stuff sounded too much like ccr even though he wrote lead guitar and sang everything for ccr huh yeah. wonder why that happens <laughs> and that lawsuit finally after god knows oh, how like many just years, recently yeah it finally got settled and that's why when you went and saw fogarty for many years he would play nothing by ccr even though he wrote the song, he refused to play anything. When we saw him, that was one of the few times that he had then started to play, because we saw him out in Abbotsford. Yeah, 2013? Yeah, we didn't go see him in the Colise or in BC Place or no. GM Place. It was, it was at, at, yeah, Abbotsford, yeah, Abbotsford mean, Recreational Center yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and that, which we have the recording from that, too. Yeah, and it's, uh, what is it? It's the... Fogarty's 40th or something? or it was, Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah. Because that was um, Mystic Highway was the single. That's the one where he invited all those like Kid Rocks on it and Brad Paisley. And yeah. Wrote a song for everybody, yeah. I think's the album. I think it was, when he was out touring, it was the psychedelic whatever, and he did everything from CCR all the way up to his newer stuff. And his solo career is unbelievable, too. I mean, yeah, like, it's it not just, like it was... CCR was obviously amazing stuff, and but his career after that was still excellent. Yeah. But anyway, reason I bring him up is because John Fogarty. I won't tell the story because John Fogarty tells it hilariously. But yeah, check check out John Fogarty Woodstock story, and he he followed Grateful Dead, which was like supposed to be like their big break. Yeah. And uh, anyway, Woodstock story, John Fogarty. Get you'll get a I real mean, laugh out of that. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff at Woodstock. I mean, you know, if you watch the movie or whatever. They only show you little clips. That's right. <laughs> you know, whereas if you actually want to go online, go to Pirate Bay, and it, it may take you not just Pirate Bay. You may have to go to four or five different sites. And I, I did that a number of years ago, and I actually got six. It was like six CDs of Woodstock. I did the same thing for um, Monterey Pop Festival. That's nine Oh, but it has everything. You name it. It was the first appearance of Hendrix. It was the Who. It was, you name it. Everybody is in there, and that's like nine CDs. But the official is one CD. Right. That's right. Maybe yeah. a two CD. You know, but you know they just chop it up and only oh we're gonna play you know we'll put these two songs from this band on because that's what they're known for. Yeah. Rather than the other six songs they also played, so. But I mean, you know, up in, okay, Vancouver Pod Festival is actually Squamish. Right. And for people who don't know, so Squamish is like halfway, well, not really halfway, but halfway between Vancouver and Whistler. Yeah. But I mean, it was three days. It was cheap. <laughs> but you had the Chambers Brothers. Their big song was Time. And it was perfect because when they were on stage and they're singing, it actually is bouncing off the, off the mountains. Chicago Transit Authority, before they were known as Chicago. That's right. Alice Cooper. Yeah. That was early, early in his career. And sorry, what year is this? Something in Alice Cooper. 1969. 69? Oh, geez. I didn't realize he... he what, what was the band called? Or was it... Did they go straight to Alice Cooper? It was Alice Cooper. It was, eh? Okay. 
Why? You're thinking it was something else? I, I, th I thought I remembered a, a documentary and it was like, there, there was a band, like it was his band. And then they, yeah, it was like a, for a marketing thing. And then they're like, well, we need someone to be Alice or whatever. And then he's like, I'll do it. The son of the preacher with yes. the snake and the oh, makeup yes. and, <laughs> and decapitating himself yeah. on stage. That I mean, came later. That came later. That came but, later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had some, I mean, this, I actually, I remember something like Flying Burrito Brothers. Um, <laughs> that's an offshoot of the original Birds. Okay. With Chris Hillman and that. Mm. Because when the birds split up, Brian McGuinn went one way and you had, uh, uh, David Crosby. Yeah. He went off with and did, I don't know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Mm -hmm. And then you had the grassroots, mm -hmm. Grateful Dead, the Guess Who. Oh, yeah. Just a little Canadian band. Yes. Love, who, um, My Little Red Book, My Little, My Little Red Book. Black Book? I don't know. I have to look it up. It's the Black Book, right? It's it could be. Maybe. Taj Mahal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Taj Mahal. Poco. Yeah. And the Rascals. Who else is there? Little Richard. Strawberry Alarm Clock. Yeah. Sonny Terry. I don't know. Tim was, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Not somebody is, that I would listen to. But it was a good, it was, it was a fantastic three days. I actually ran into some people we knew up there, and it was fun. And then nothing until March of 69. I mean, oh. we're going from August to March. No concerts. And Sorry, March to August or August, August to March? August 69 to March 70. 70, okay, right. And then Led Zeppelin comes back. Oh, yeah, no big deal. No big deal. And so is that Zeppelin 2? That would be about then. Yeah. Um, because it was, was it 68 was Led Zeppelin 1? Trying to even think. This is why I need... We're going to cheat. This is why I need my producer on, on location. <laughs> <laughs> Get the Google searches going. Zeppelin 1 and Zeppelin 2. That's both came out in 69. Oh, they both came out in 69. Okay. Yeah. And Zeppelin 3 would have come out in 70. So this would have been interesting if it would have been Zeppelin 3 or not. Because it's going to come down to when it was released. So they probably had released it, and then they were touring for it. And then a couple of months later, we've got the Doors back in the Coliseum. And they actually recorded the entire show. It's a double CD. It's called Recorded Live in Vancouver. Which doesn't happen often. No. Bands recording in Vancouver. That's and pretty unusual. And it actually unusual. sounds good. I, they probably did something with the uh, crowd noise and that. Right, yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. Every other band does Well, it. they all did, yeah. Yeah. But they put on a fantastic show. And uh, I never was able to find the CD. So I downloaded it. Off, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Pirate Bay. and uh, Doors. Oh, yeah, there it is. I'll download that. I'm trying to think. I think the first Vancouver one that I've heard that I wasn't like at, but like recorded one was probably Kiss the Millennium Show. So December 31st, 1999, they played Van BC Place. I know. I was there. Yeah. My parent, both my parents were there. And I the, was three. And Gene Simmons was <laughs> absolutely pissed off because the sound kept cutting in and out. Um, 
it was terrible for that. It was, and it wasn't even the entire, they did it like in a concert bowl. Oh. So it was only like half the audience. And they were supposed to release that as Kiss Alive Kiss 3. Alive. Kiss Alive 4. 4? Yep. And they didn't. Do you remember why? Yeah, it was terrible sound. It was cutting in and out, and Gene Simmons refused to do anything. I also heard something with the record label at the time, too. Who was that, Casablanca? or is... Did they shut down then? Yeah. Okay. Casablanca so that was down. it. They were supposed to release it with Casablanca, which and was like with them the whole time, and then they yeah. went under, and then it went into the vault. Yeah. And Gene really didn't want to release it because I know he was on stage and he was visibly upset because all of a sudden they're singing, all of a sudden there is no sound. Right. It kept cutting in and out. And I don't know if it's that they didn't have enough time to set up and to do a good practice or that, or maybe it was just, I don't know. BC Place is not great sound though. No, it's not. It's pretty shit sound actually. Yes. Yeah. With the exception which we were at, mm -hmm. of Guns N' Roses on the Not In This Lifetime tour. They're the what, best band the, that I heard at the BC Place. four-hour marathon concert? <laughs> that one, yeah. That we're looking at each other, and I'm asking you, well, wait a minute, you they saw ran them out in of Seattle. <laughs> wait, you saw them in Seattle. How long did they play for? Oh, two yeah, hours. Two. I'm going, uh, well, we're up to three, and they don't seem to be stopping. But Axel was on time. Yes. Not like when they rioted. I, <laughs> well, I think, and you know, Vancouver. to be honest, I think that's part of the reason that they played the four hours is because they had disappointed Vancouver. He has mm -hmm. a number of times, either through no shows or whatever, cancellations. And, you know, they made it up. But four hours, I was going. Hey, it was a good four oh hours. Oh, my God. But it was long. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long show. They played everything they that they manufactured and recorded plus stuff from every, all sorts of other bands, mm -hmm. you know, and it's almost... Yeah, lots this, of stuff, actually, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, it's hard to... I really don't know if that was planned or if they just felt like they were in the groove and they just kept on playing. Keep it rolling. You know, four hours is a long show. I mean, that's a Bruce Springsteen, Grateful Dead. That's the only two other acts I can even think of that would get near that. Yeah, I can't think of anyone either, really. No, Grateful Dead shows are four hours. Yeah. Um, Springsteen, he does three. Yeah. Three he, plus. But the thing with Springsteen, his catalog is stupid. Yeah. It's so huge. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. But, like, Guns N' Roses, they got, like, six albums. Right? Six or seven. Yeah, and they... But they... But they Maybe played not a even lot of, seven. I don't they, even know. They played a lot of other stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was... I well, do like them playing The Seeker by The Who. They do a good version of that. I do like that one. They played a lot of stuff by other bands, which, mm -hmm. you know, I was surprised that they went on for four hours, but... Ain't uh, complaining? No, there was no complaining. <laughs> it was just kind of... Just getting late. <laughs> yeah, going, uh, oh, my back's starting that's to hurt right. from sitting in this chair right. for four hours, and, oh, I think my ass is getting uh, <laughs> numb, and, oh, my God. But it was... The sound was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the top bands that I've ever seen for sound uh, probably is Kiss, that show. Um, the Guns N' Roses show? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think. Some of the other bands in, I mean, ACDC's is usually okay, but it's not 
10 out of 10 for volume and right. for sound clarity. Um, you know, that's why I'd rather go to some other clubs than that because the sound is better. Oh, yeah. Especially, like, compared to... Yeah. I mean, like, if you gave me a choice between... Although Queen E, the Queen Elizabeth Theater, is pretty... Always the Queen solid. E, solid um, all the time. The Orpheum. Orpheum, yeah. Oh. Orpheum's always great. Black Crow's in there. And I've seen them. They were also in the Queen E. You know. And, of course, the Commodore. And the Commodore. Which we will get to. Yes. As Ring uh, of Fire is playing in the background. Yes. Seriously, this guy is so good. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Oh, we did have a... Uh, actually, Jethro Tull came by here, too, back in 1970. You a fan of Jethro Tull? I liked their first two albums. Yeah. Um, I was very pissed off when they were up for, <clears throat> and won, metal, <laughs> metal Act of the Year. What? According to who? Um, is this like Classic Rock Magazine or something? No, or? it was... Um, oh, who is it? It's a televised... MTV or VH1 or oh, like an actual award show you mean an actual award show oh geez ooh I don't know um, the billboard the billboard awards no, that's a thing was... too I think they won the Grammy the Grammy for best metal yes group of the year mm -hmm. who else was nominated Metallica <laughs> they're not metal what are you talking about yeah they beat Metallica that makes sense Award Jethro shows. Tull is not no. under any circumstance metal. Even hard rock is, is I mean, a bit of a stretch, I you don't normally have a flautist who's also the singer <laughs> winning right. heavy metal. You just kind of, okay, fine. Then we get into a very interesting concert. you got to remember, back in the, up to 70, 71, when you went into a concert... You didn't get frisked. You yeah. <laughs> nothing. You just walked in. Mm -hmm. That was fine. Well, we had something in November of 71 called the Rock and Roll Revival. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like the Shirelles, the Dovells, Gary U.S. Bonds, Bill Haley, Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley, eh? Wow. And Chuck Berry refused to go on. Huh? He has a thing that unless he gets paid up front, he re he won't he won't perform. He was a weird guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> do a Google search on that guy real oh, quick. Yes. Oh, you're gonna find some shit. You're gonna find because uh, I remember I was at this concert, and you started having bottles, ah. glass bottles thrown at the stage. You had members of Clark Park on stage. You had one guy playing the piano and somebody else jumping on top of a Steinway. Oh, God, he's jumping on the thing? Yeah. What the hell? Sorry, the, the, the rioters or the guy in the band? The rioters. Oh, the rioters. I see, I see. Yes. That makes more so sense. So then they, Bo Diddley, or uh, sorry, um, Bill Haley and Chuck B, they, they booked it. Oh, yeah. He's going to get their ass beat. <laughs> All of the chairs on the floor destroyed. They did somewhere between fifty and $60,000 worth of damage. Oh, for back then, too. Holy. After that, you got searched at the door. That was it. No more glass bottles, nothing. And at this time, you could you buy alcohol inside the venues? Or no, was that later? That's later. Right. No. So you couldn't even so do that. So people bring them in. Right. 
you're not getting searched anyway. You well, know. no one even thought it'd be a big deal no. regardless. Even if they saw it, it'd be, eh, whatever, yeah, whatever, you know. There is a really good article, though. It took me a while to find it. <laughs> but he found it. Oh, I found it. And it is... Oh, that's a few pages. Two. Oh, that's a lot of print, Almost too. three. Yeah, and it's very small. And it tells all about what happened. And, yeah, it's it's a very interesting read if you go online and just look up uh, Vancouver 1971 Rock and Roll Riot. We've had a few rock and roll riots. We've had a few riots. Uh, rock and roll, yeah, there was a Zeppelin one. Uh, I remember I was inside. I think there was a Stones one. I was inside, but you didn't know about them. A this, riot at the Stones one? Yeah. For what? People who didn't have tickets who wanted in. Oh, I see. Because I'm like, what are people upset at the Stones for? <laughs> no, these are all riots outside. Right. This one happened inside. inside. Yeah. And I don't. the police weren't prepared. Nobody was prepared no one for this. Yeah, no one. But you got to think, where was it held? It was held in the Coliseum. Oh, that's a lot But there was probably only about, my guess, 5,000 people, maybe. What's capacity there, 10? Uh, for a concert, 15 to 17. Oh, okay, that's a lot. I wonder if it says in here, just really quick. Because the only riot that I remember, which I wasn't at the show, but it would have been Guns N' Roses with so this is just axel so this would have been like it might <laughs> oh, have even mean been what before, he didn't bother to yeah, show he up he didn't even show because this is chinese democracy i don't even know if dj ashwa was in the band or if it was even F richard ford yeah i don't even know richard fortis who's currently with them along with slash and Duff. And again, believe it or not it doesn't say in this article how many people were there enough to cause some damage <laughs> yeah but it doesn't take that much if, that's true you know i mean if if you can walk in there with beer bottles or you're walking in there with even pop bottles that are glass and you start heaving that at the right. stage. Yeah, pop bottles. That's right. Those. Yeah. That's not cans. That's glass. That's cans. It's not plastic. Yeah. You know, nowadays, yeah, okay, if you threw a plastic bottle, it's going to have it, water in it, it, and it hits somebody. If it's empty, it's not going to hurt. If it's empty, it's not even going to make the stage. It's going to go buying, for six feet. <laughs> well, just think, if you're buying water at any concert now, you don't get the lid. Yeah, that's right. They pop it right off for you. Because then, if you do throw it, a lot of the water is going to come out yeah. in the air. So then everything changed. And then in February, the Ullman brothers finally come to town. Oh, First nice. time ever. You know, so I mean, and they're in the Coliseum. But the, one of the funnier shows was in March. You have Long John Baldry. He's oh, opening. Wow. And then you've got Savoy Brown. And Fleetwood Mac. In now the this forum. Is now, this is before Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham, though. Yeah, this, this is, is 72. Um, the guitar player is escaping me. The legend from Fleetwood Mac. Peter Green? Joe Bonamassa is like, this is like his idol. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But you got to remember, these guys played the Forum. Yeah. You know, you're kind of going, okay. I mean, Fleetwood Mac, even in 72, okay, they were starting to... Build but a following. The and... music for Fleetwood Mac was extremely different. Yes. They were like a free sounding band, yeah. like kind of like an, a classic British blues yes. rock band. Yeah. Yeah. And then Peter Green left, and then you had um, who, who joined? McVie? Yeah, something like that. 
Yeah. It's very different Peter than McKean. Rumors. Because when, yes. you, when you say Fleetwood Mac, everybody goes, oh, yeah, Rumors. Yeah. Like the album. Tusk. Right. Yeah. You know, you Rhiannon think of that. And yeah, but that's... Go Your Own Way. This and, is earlier. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it, it had a different feel. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Green was a different type of guitar player. Yeah. He was a hell of a guitar player. Yes. Yeah. And funny, Long John Baldry used to play at my dad's bar... Hogan's Alley. Hogan's Alley. Yeah. In the nine, eight, late 80s, 90s when he owned it. Yeah. And Well, I've seen Baldry. I saw him... Uh, where did I see him? I saw him up uh, Commodore Ballroom. I also saw him in Coquitlam here up at... Oh, what's the name of the place? It's up by uh, Douglas College. There's a, a theater there. Hmm. There was him... And a guitar player. Wow. So just that, yeah. And it was like an hour and a half and the oh. stories. Yeah. But it's the stories. The man was a magnificent storyteller. Yeah, he was. He was an entry he was an, he was just an interesting guy. Well, I saw his birthday party uh, when I was at the Commodore. And who <laughs> was supposed to be coming was Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart sang for it, was in his band. But then Rod had throat surgery. He wasn't allowed to sing. He wasn't allowed to do anything. So he didn't show up. But Rod Stewart and Baldry, they'd been friends forever because they were in, he was in Baldry's band. Mm-hmm. You know? Strange. England's weird that way. Yeah. People get around. Well, and even talking to um, uh, Bucket, Dave Colwell, which is yeah. about, well, okay, from when we're recording, this is only like four or five episodes ago, um, Dave. But he was even saying... Um, Oh, from Iron Maiden. And so he's telling the stories about, you know, like... Before he joined? Yeah, like they, like they all like just hung out. Yeah. Like all these like icons. Like they would just be... Because England, like you got to remember, like when you think of like the U.S., okay, well, you got L.A. and you got New York. And I don't know, you got some bands out of Chicago and, you know, but that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But there's no real communications or... Like they weren't buddies, really. You know, like between cross country, you know, like, I, I mean, like, uh, or even out of Boston, right? Because Aerosmith was out of Boston. Yeah. You know, but, you know, in England, London, Think about, everybody knew each other. Yeah, I mean. And the old guys and the young guys knew each other. That yeah. was the other thing. Well, so, I mean, you look at Peter Green. Okay, he's with John Mayles Blues Breakers. Brian Jones dies. Stones go, oh, yeah, we know him. Why don't you come join the band and play with us for a while? So he leaves one, he goes to the Stones. You know, I mean, over there, it's all very much interconnected. Mm-hmm. Oh, they even know the faces, everybody. right? The faces. And that's when, because then Ron Wood, well, I don't know if he left the faces, but the whatever, he they, ended up in the Stones. They had already after. broken up. Right. Uh, because Steve Marriott went on and he had his own band called Humble Pie. That's right. And then after Humble Pie, he did Steve Marriott. And and Molly Marriott, Steve's daughter, mm-hmm. was on Dave's last album. Yeah, Twenty Good Summers. <laughs> you know, so I mean, you're looking at this, and but these people all they know each other. It's yeah. a, it's a They're very friends. small community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Lower Mainland, but you're condensing all of these bands and all this territory <laughs> into right. the Lower Mainland. That's right. You smaller know, even, smaller yeah. even, yeah. So now, where are we here? Oh, we're in 1972. Oh, we're making headway. <laughs> Rolling Stones, third visit to Vancouver. And they got this no-name called Stevie Wonder as the opening act. Okay. 
They're in the Coliseum. It costs $6. Now, how expensive was $6 for then? Because that's not nothing. In 72? That's getting a little bit up there. I graduated in 70. So $6, I mean, if you were working, doing anything, even if you're making five bucks an hour. Oh, so you're doing all right. You're doing all right. Okay. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not like today. You know, <laughs> yeah. You make $200 in a day and you're going, oh, I got to work two days to buy tickets to go see one band. You know, it's, it's different. But the Stones, that was, you know, and that's in June 72. And then I've got this big gap. I wonder what happened there. <laughs> Trying to find <laughs> anything. I mean, at some point, I will be able to fill in some of the gaps. But some of it, you know, you go online and you're going, yeah, I remember seeing them. I remember seeing them. And then you've got this gap because... You don't remember. It could be bands coming back that you've seen, but it's not recorded anywhere. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to plug it in, even if you're going back through old tickets and everything else. You just can't find stuff. So then we have to jump to uh, 1974. And it's a show I wish I had gone to. I missed it. Your dad would have cried. <laughs> Manfred Man's Earth Band. Savoy Brown, Kiss. And who was the headliner? Kiss. Oh, Kiss was actually the headliner? Yep. They went, they were supposed, they played the Peony Gardens. <laughs> yeah. They were supposed to play the Agrodome, which holds about 5,500 people. But due to lack of ticket sales, they had to move it to a 3,000. They had to move it to a smaller venue. You're a popular guy tonight. Yes. <laughs> now you're I'm not taking any of this stuff out. That's all, okay. All, any other podcast is coming out, but I'm like, I'm wearing the Motorhead shirt. Yeah, that's right. We're talking music. We got Elvis in the background. Now, Jeez. your dad's going to like this. Um, <laughs> this is the one of the only times that they ever played a song called Kissin' Time. Okay, so now... One of the very, very, very few. It's the first time they were ever in Vancouver. To set this up, so Kissing Time was off of the first self-titled album, Kiss, from 73. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the problem with this song, and I don't know, I haven't read Gene's, he's got a couple books, I think, but I've read Paul and Ace's book. I can't remember if Ace, Ace must have mentioned it in his book, but Paul, he talks about it in his book. And the reason that they didn't like this was that, I can't remember, was it the record producer, was it the producers or the label? can't remember who it was at the time but it was a promo thing so it was a what they would refer to as a bubblegum song oh yeah it was kind of like one of those like the record company which was Casablanca yeah. trying to get a song that they could put out on the air that would at least get some airplay and get the name of the band out there right and the band really didn't have a lot of say about anything back then and the reason they didn't like it or at least Paul specifically didn't like it was because, which honestly, I like the song. It's a good song. They, they do a good job of it, but it just didn't go, you know, we want to be taken seriously and you're trying to make us look goofy. Yes. And I remember even in Paul's book, he does mention there was a kissing competition or something or kissing yeah, contest that makes with, sense. with like couples at the music store. Then you could get a signed CD or some See, shit that like that. That makes sense. That's right. But they hated it. Yes. 
and they wouldn't play it ever. Well, but I like it. Now, you know <laughs> how song. Gene Simmons always spits fire. Yes. That's his thing. Not in this show. They had some sort of mechanical flamethrowing device. This is before Gene, they talked him into or whatever to spit fire. And a magician taught him how to do yes. it. For real. <laughs> he was a magician. <laughs> and here's another show your dad would have loved. That was in May of 74. In January of 75, Kiss comes back to town. So 74, they got three albums out. 75, is that already a live one? I don't know. Might have been that year, because I think Destroyer was either 75 or 76. Do you know where they played? Mm. Commodore. Shit. <laughs> That's so badass. Hey, but you got to remember, very few bands could actually fill the Coliseum. Yeah. Your other options were you had uh, the Agrodome, which is about 5,000, 5,500. You had the Gardens, which is about 3,000. And you have the Commodore, which is about 1250. Even 1250 sounds, yeah, that's decent. But. And that's back then, because they've expanded yeah. the Commodore since. Yeah. I think it was in like the 90s or the 2000s where they but did the big round. Some bands also got a percentage of liquor sales. Oh, I so see. So you got, I mean, that depends on what your writer says and what mm -hmm. your contract. And I missed Commodore. that show, by the way. And why'd you miss that show? Because I didn't know they were even going to be there. I had, right. already had all the Kiss ones. Yeah, so you're a fan. You know who they yeah. are. Yeah. I did not know they were at the Commodore until the next day. And then there's a write-up. And you're going, oh. Because you got to remember, you don't have the internet. Um, you might have the Georgia Strait with a small ad. Which is uh, a newspaper. Yeah. You probably, with some bands, aren't going to have anything on, on uh, the radio. Right. Unless it's a big name band. And what was oh, the reason the for that? the Doors are coming or... They just didn't really do that then? They didn't do it. I yeah. mean, if the Doors are coming or Zeppelin or Jimi Hendrix, maybe. Anybody who's going to sell a lot of tickets in that, a lot of times they were aligned and they gave away free tickets. Oh, I see. Which... Yeah, good luck to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh and the Commodore, so I don't know if we've really mentioned it, but since we're, we're probably going to talk about it a little bit more, we might as well bring oh, it up Oh, there's a now. lot more bands on the Commodore. So the Commodore is uh, on Granville Street in Vancouver. Um, it's a club. It's been around since 1920s, and it was a dance hall. Yeah. And the floor... Well, and it's called the Commodore Ballroom. Yes. It's still called that. Yes. Yeah. And the floor, original floor, had um, horsehair. Underneath, oh, really? Underneath the hardwood, so it would give it a well, bounce. That's how they got the spring back then. I That's didn't it. know that. There you go. And then when they ripped it all out, um, they reconfigured it quite a bit because I'd been in there to see other bands, uh, bands like uh, Slade and uh, Motorhead, but Chris Bedding, Robert Gordon, Girls School, all these other bands. Then they tore it all apart and they reconfigured it because I remember I hadn't gone in there in a number of years and went back and it, it was way different, the it's way that they have set club. it up. It it's is. It's unbelievable. One I, of my favorite places. I love sitting. Top, it's always the same spot that we always go to. Up at the top, to, yeah. and you, you rent, and you book one of the two, t two center tables, and you got a direct view of the stage. I don't mind the left side, too, actually. So stay, so that'd be stage right, but yeah. the left side, but not. I don't like the right side as much. It seems further away. If you're on away. the stage over to the right... 
Uh, so stage left. So on the right side when you walk who in. We, uh, who did we see? I think it was on... 5440 yeah, on the right side. I didn't like it as much. But the left side, that was always like Collective Soul. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's a great um, venue. The Heavy. Yeah. Uh, Chris I Isaac. More, more Chris recently. Isaac. Chris Isaac. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, I love the Commodore. But you got to remember, great atmosphere. a lot of the bands who did go there is, you know, you got the New York Dolls. Mm-hmm. But you had to be 21 years old to get in. That's right. Because it was a club. And they asked for ID. Yes. And then even when they changed it to 19, then you're kind of, okay. But, you know, you just show you want to see, you know, it's uh, a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're... You by the time you, Yeah, you got a job. <laughs> and by the time you get home... Like a home, regular person. <laughs> yeah. You, and by the time you get home, and that's the other bad thing is, you know, you get out of there and it's midnight... One oh, o'clock, you yeah, can't, there's yeah, no buses. One, yeah, there's more, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of the time when, when that was happening, yeah, I was probably in Vancouver, which makes it a little bit easier, but even that, you know, and then you've got to be at work at seven. You know, it's funny, I used to go to the comic shop down on 4th and Arbutus, and those guys were in there every single night. The Commodore. In the Commodore. But they don't open till noon. <laughs> yeah, because they own a comic book store. That's right. <laughs> and they can make their own hours. And they own it. They, they don't just work it. on one. They own the place. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, who we got here? 78 ZZ Top and Heart in the Coliseum. Double bill? Yes. Ooh, nice. Heart opened. Yeah. We've seen Heart several times with yes. the Def Leppard. Did they do Motley Crue? Double bill with Motley Crue? No, no it was Def Leppard and Motley Crue. It was Def Leppard. And Kiss and Motley Crue. And then and we... Kiss and Def Leppard. And we saw Hart <laughs> at the Orpheum? Yes. And Did Sarah, you go Sarah to... McLaughlin was... Uh, yeah. Was, it was a Christmas That was the Christmas... That's right, yeah. We yeah. got the poster for it. Yeah. Yes. Really cool one, yeah. Um, oh, this one I remember. And it's unfortunate. It's in the gardens, which makes it even nicer. <laughs> and it's January 76, Jay Giles Band... With oh, Sweeney yeah. Todd. Hey, all right. So who's in Sweeney Todd? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brian Adams was in the band at that time. That's right. Terrible band. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one song? I never remember the name. The big hit that always... Was that Roxy Roller? Yeah, that's it. That's it. And then it was what? Wasn't it Nick Nick, Nick Gilder was, was in Was it there? Glider or Gilder? Gilder. Gilder. Yes. I remember as a kid, I used to see it on, like, because... We had the computer. Roxy Roller. And I always thought it was Nick Glider. No. But I guess it was Gilder. But But Jay Jay, Giles, man. They put on a show. Um, Great party. Vancouver loved them. They had to come back for three encores. Yeah, right. They would not allow them to leave. (laughs) We're in the gardens. You know, so you're looking at 3,000, 3,200 people. Mm -hmm. And it is a fantastic show. They're not Canadian either. They're American, right? They're American. Are they from California? They're a California band. I honestly. I mean, don't they're know. a party band. They're a party. They're a party band. band. Yeah. But they're, they're a band that, you know, there's certain bands you go and see, you would see them every single time they come to town. That's right. That's one. Do they come back? No. You know, it's. And talking to the Commodore in '76, a band called Slade. They are probably, before Mortarhead were the loudest band I had ever seen. You got Naughty Holder, who is singing. <laughs> <Great> name. <laughs> He's singing, and the microphone has got to be three feet away from him, 
and you can hear his voice everywhere. The next day, I couldn't hear. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. I mean, the only other times that's happened has been Motorhead, and you're right down in front. Sticking your head in the PA. Oh, the, <laughs> yeah, it's right there, you know, and, but that was a fantastic show. Only time they ever came to town. Let's see, who else we got in here? Oh, yes. And then in 77, we got Thin Lizzy come to town as the opening act for Queen. Oh. In the Coliseum, and Brian May is doing his little guitar solo, and he screws up. Do you remember the song? No. Okay. I remember him stopping, doesn't say anything, and then he starts playing the song again. The... the the solo. solo. Only time I've ever seen it, because most artists, if they screw it up, they they're going to go, well, we'll just keep going. They'll never notice. Oh, no, he stops, goes back, and redoes. That's very interesting. I mean... And I got to say, though, as a, well, viewer, I guess, because you're at the show, yeah. so you're a viewer... You know, either way, I actually don't really mind. I understand, like, okay, I understand, like, if you mess up, because... Well, you go see a live band. They make mistakes all the time. Oh, hell yeah. Because you're jumping around and dancing around, and it's live. You know, yeah. it's just the way. But that's okay. I don't mind. As long as you're sober. Yeah. You know, I don't want you so strung out, you you mess up and can't play for that reason. Yes. That's different. I've seen those. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Some bands are... Notorious. Well, the second Aerosmith band. <sighs> yes, Aerosmith. So Aerosmith would be... They would get so high... Well, I guess would it really just be, I guess, really just Joe and, and Oh, we'll Steven. come to that one in a minute. Oh, okay. All right. We'll save the story for, for later then, yes. Because okay. <laughs> right after Queen, um, in July, we've got Cheap Trick and Kiss in the Coliseum. I take my two kids. John, at that time, let me see, that's 77. John would have been six and Jordan would have been four. And they have Kiss makeup on. First concert they ever went to. And I think that's the first time your dad saw them, saw Kiss. 77. I, yeah, I think so. So we just bought the poster. We found the poster, the promo poster from that show. Yep. We got it framed and it's in our workout room as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, that's that was their first concert. So, I mean, they've seen concerts for almost 50 years. Yeah. You know, so that's fine. Then, okay, that's on July 24th, the next night. And sorry, what venue was that? That's in the Coliseum. Coliseum. The next night, and this is an $8 show, you've got ACDC opening up with Bon Scott. Yeah. Okay. The headliner comes on, and they're totally fucked up. It's Aerosmith. They're drunk. They're missing every missing words, and the review in the paper absolutely ripped them a new one. That's when they were the toxic twins. Yes. They were just out there. But ACDC blew them away. And that's only... That's a limit. That, that's ACDC. That's not even... Is that even high voltage yet? 77, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But v very early. Yeah. Early well, ACDC. Well, a lot of ACDC, they... Oh, yes. They played. That's my dog, by the way. <laughs> I hope the mic is picking up all this stuff. I love this. She, um, 
But they they played a lot strictly in Australia. Yes. And there was clubs. And that's where they honed their thing. And then they went off on tour. And their tours, you know, you got to think, okay, in 77, 78, they're the, still an opening act. You know, they're getting there. But they're an opening act outdoing the, the, headliners. the headliners. And, okay, so the second band thing. So Aerosmith was so bad that there was a wasn't even really a rumor it was like in new like they would write articles saying that this actually might not be the real aerosmith that's how bad they are yeah. it's like they're like doubles that's and, how they, but that's it, how it was bad. just that they were just so strung out yeah you know yeah. and they kept touring because they needed the money because they kept spending it on drugs mm -hmm. which know? says something yes although i mean ace's book I mean, when he talks about, so in like the reunion tour, especially when he came back, he was clean for a bit and then, you know, was, I think then it was pills. Yeah. He used to tuck the pills on, like into his, um, his forearm. I don't know what you would call that piece, but Cuff. part of his, part of his costume. Yeah. He would tuck the pills in. It was like Vicodin or some shit. Cause he would go into withdrawals. Yeah. If he didn't take them on stage, that's how much. And he said the money, he spent millions, yeah. millions of dollars. And I think... I think Aerosmith, Oof. not long after this, took a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they had a choice. Yeah. But now I got some weird bands. Like, there's somebody called Ruby Starr. And she was actually the backup singer in a band called Black Oak, Arkansas. And the lead singer there was Jim Dandy. And their big song was Jim Dandy to the Rescue. Okay. She had a fantastic voice. And I remember... Me and my ex, we went and saw her in a club. I can't find any record of it. I remember she was actually up on the table. So it could have been like the town pump or someplace like that. And she is wearing the shortest shorts <laughs> that you could, jean shorts that you could ever imagine. Real Daisy Dukes. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a 70s reference for you. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, then there was people like in the 70s, Chris Betting. He played the Commodore, but there again, I can't find records. And then also we had Girl School, who used to tour with Motorhead a lot. And Great actually band. Lemmy dated the one, what's her name, Christine or something. He dated her for a while. Mm -hmm. And they toured. And I remember they were in the Commodore, and they were having a lot of problems with the Angels, Hell's Angels, because the Girl School logo Oh, yes. Looks very much like the Angel logo. So they were getting they were getting threats. Then we get to eh, back to 78. We get we get to see Queen again. You know how it is. You know, you get to see the originals. The original. Yeah. yeah. I mean, see, that's the thing is this is before all these people started. Dying. Dying. <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. It's like, oh, geez. Uh, well, Freddie, did did Freddie even make it? He made it to the 80s, right? Yeah. 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 Then Didn't make died, it into the 90s. He yeah. died of AIDS. He, yeah. And they've had a number of lead singers. They had Paul Rogers for a while, and then they've had... Um, Who I liked. I, I liked him in his brief stint with Queen. They, I think they recorded one record, and then he they have, um, what's his name, Lambert. Yeah, Adam Lambert's. Adam Lambert. Oh. He has got a fantastic voice. Phenomenal. But he also didn't, I think he also was, wasn't he lead singer for In Excess for a while? And then he, I don't think so. 
He's had a rocky career, that guy. Because he basically had American Idol. Yeah, I thought he was the lead singer for NXS, and then he got... check that. They were going to go on tour, but they didn't tell him. Oh, there you go. Right. (laughs) Just cut him out, you know? And NXS, yeah, NXS is... They're an interesting band, too, with that lead singer thing. Yeah. They've had trouble. They've had a lot of troubles. Uh, Who else is on here? Van Halen with Eddie Money. Oh, that was an eight dollars. Van Halen with Eddie Money. Eddie Money that's opened. A good. Oh, wow, that's a that's, good one. And that's called that's seventy nine. And tickets then were still only eight fifty. Yeah, so it's not really going up much. Not yet. Not yet. Till a certain band. Yes. Uh, your dad <laughs> probably saw this one in seventy nine. Lover Boys, the opening act for Kiss. Yep. Coliseum. Well, and funny, so we talked about Hogan's Alley and, and Long John Baldry. So Matt Frenette, so the drummer for Loverboy, mm-hmm. and yes. Streetheart and Colin James, and I mean, the list goes on and on. Yep. So he was part of the house band at the bar called the Vaqueros. There we go. I had to, pop, I had to sl- slow down there to get the memory coming back. Yeah. Well, it's funny how some of these bands were house bands in various clubs in the states Mm -hmm. for long periods of time and that's where they crafted their persona really oh yes rat van halen that's a good that's a good double one again yeah this one i didn't like it's one of the few times i actually bought tickets in the coliseum on the floor i'm about 40 rows back Christopher Cross is the opening act. I mean, uh, what's his big song? Sailing or some fucking thing. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know. Does it ring a bell? Well, the only one. reason he's there is because he is he's produced or something by Fleetwood Mac, who's the opening act. He's the they're the headliners now. But I'm back in the like row forty on the floor. You can't see them because everybody is standing up. Right. And you're I'm going. This is it. I will never buy tickets on the floor again unless I'm right up front. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting tickets for this one. You actually had to get a wristband. (laughs) There you go. So you stand in line for 12 hours. You get a wristband. And then you can buy tickets three days or four days later. But you can't take the wristband off. Makes sense. (laughs) Like, Jesus. I hated that part of time. Your dad, oh, I remember this one. The only problem is I don't know where it took place. Ted Nugent, Def Leppard, Scorpions. Holy. What year is this? In Vancouver. I don't know the venue. I'm thinking it was Coliseum. It must have been. Yeah. It wasn't Empire Stadium. So was this Def Leppard with uh, Steve Clark? We don't know. I yeah. don't know. Probably. Because he, he died in 80. Well, this is 1980. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, mm. what's the first album? High and Dry, right? Mm-hmm. Or that's, that's the what's first or one? what? That's one of the first if it's not the first. Because he was around, he, he was around until after Hysteria was released. Because he died between Hysteria and Adrenalize. Turning the lights on. Yes. He's <laughs> doing a magic wave for yes. this. <laughs> um, because then after that, I mean, Queen loved it here because they came back again in 1980. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're coming back a lot. So did ACDC in 80. Well, except this is the new ACDC uh, for Hell's Bells yeah. with Brian Johnson. And they Bon ha- Scott was so good. Yeah, that and was then, a you know, I remember the bell coming down and, and all Which that. Which was pretty badass. Yeah. yeah, that was neat. You know, and then, of course, when they, they came back, I don't know how many times, and they did... Uh, for those about to rock, we salute you. And then they had all the cannons up top. And, you know, every show they added. And, of course, then they keep bringing the bell. And then they get the blow-ups for a whole lot of Rosie. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. I wonder if Bond had anything to do with that decision. Yeah. I don't know. Because when they were first out in that, they didn't have... It was very basic. Yeah. It was basic. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you start getting into the bigger venues and that, then they figured, oh, we better put a show on. Well, it was different, too, because Bond was kind of the show. Yeah. He was a very different kind of front man. Well, I don't know about different, but he was, he was, oh, no, he was. He was excellent. He was excellent. He was, enter- he was he an entertainer. He drank a little bit too much. A little bit, yeah. yeah. But so the show was, he would be the show, if the you show. will. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, no no digs on Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson's phenomenal. But um, but then you've got. Just, it's just different. It's yeah. different. It's just different. You yeah. know, Brian isn't the show. No. No, it, then I think it became Angus and, I guess, Malcolm, right? Yeah. And then the stage or whatever. Yes, and the yeah. guitar playing and going out into on the roadie's shoulders through the audience, and they never used to do any of that. <laughs> and I think, I'm not sure if it was 80, which would have been um, Back in Black or um, For Those About to Rock, but it was definitely one of those. And that's when my guitar teacher owned his music shop, and... Angus came in to buy some guitar strings the day of the show. Oh, that's kind of neat. It's pretty cool, yeah. My guitar teacher also opened for Carlos Santana and Ted Nugent. Really? Toured with him. He is one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. Like, and I've seen, I've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. And I would say you could stick him on stage with any of these guys and he'd be But he just never made it. He no. just never made it. Good for me. He's my teacher. Yes. <laughs> I ain't complaining. <laughs> Shout out to Brian. <laughs> Let's see who we got here. Oh, yes. Do you remember a band called Rockpile? Yes. They actually, when they came to town, they played the gardens with the fabulous pink poodles. I don't know who they are. I don't either. <laughs> I don't think anybody else remember. listening to The only reason we aren't to Rockpile is because we love Dave Edmonds. Right. And Nick Lowe was actually married to Carter, who is to do with, um, oh, what's his name? Johnny Cash. Okay. Because... He, was he in the band? He was no. He was married to a Carter. Oh, and Nick Lowe married her sister or something. They didn't. They broke up after right. a while. But that was the two big names. And then the drummer was Terry Williams, who also was the drummer also for Dire Straits. Okay, small band, no big deal. <laughs> no big he deal. was I, well. He played with Rockpile and that. And then when he left there, he goes over. He went over and he was with Dire Straits for like six, seven years. You know, it's not bad. I love Dave Edmonds. I still do. And then I finally bought tickets on the Coliseum on the floor again. (laughs) You gave in. (laughs) I gave in March 81, fourth row. Okay, yeah. The little red rocker, Sammy Hagar. It's the opening act. 
puts on a great show, and then out comes Ted Nugent. Yeah. And that was, and he comes out and he's swinging on a vine. Oh, yes. Which is actually probably a rope with stuff. Was he doing the bow and arrow stuff still? No. Oh, not yet, eh? Not yet. Yeah. And, yeah, he put on a fantastic show. That I went, okay, if I can get rows like down the first yeah, couple then, of rows, yeah, yeah. then it's worth it. That's right. Yeah. But if you're back 40 rows and that, yeah, there's no point. You know, do you really want to. Even after row 15 kind of gets a bit, you know. Yeah, you kind of yeah. go, no, thank you. Actually, and I missed this one. I don't know if your dad would have went. It was um, Summer Sunday, and it was Hart, Ted Nugent, Loverboy, and Blue Oyster Cult. Damn. Call it, and that was Empire Stadium. Empire Stadium had some other shows. They had Super Tramp in there. Um, well, the Beatles, but that was that was a 30-minute concert way right. back in 64. And then this one was good. This is July the 14th. And so we take the ferry. We go over to Victoria to see Ozzy Osbourne and Motorhead. Yeah, that, that's and a And that's when Ozzy <laughs> had left or kicked out of Black Sabbath. And it was now the Blizzard of Oz. And if I'm not mistaken, he's the opening act. Yeah. Motorhead's the bigger act at that time. And they had the bomber and all this. So, okay, fine. And that's with Randy Rhodes. Yes. Yeah. We then, the next night, we take the ferry back. And we're hungover. <laughs> we go to Carisdale Arena. And do it again, because then they played here. The only thing is, and this really was a pain. It was an upset. Let's put it that way. <laughs> A&B Sound, before the concert at Carisdale, you could go to A&B Sound, which was a big record store at that time, on Richard Street. And they were doing an autograph section with Motorhead. I actually have some posters signed except it's lemmy filthy phil there's no way fast eddie clark he's left the band now they got robbo from thin lizzy in there because lemmy and clark had a falling out because he recorded and lemmy recorded a song with um oh the plasmatics uh wendy o williams and they had a big falling. He left the band over it. So all of a sudden, I'm going, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, because this is when it was, um, the album was when they were all in black and they had um, Ace of Spades. Oh, right. And all of a sudden, he's not there. What? I was upset. Oh, yeah. But he wasn't with the band the night before either. But, you know, I was trying to figure, I thought, well, maybe he was just sick. They, mm -hmm. didn't, they didn't announce anything. Well, so, and back then, news was a bit slower than, it, you know, I mean, today, you know. That's right. You, I mean, okay, like, most recently, I mean, Dusty Hill passed away. I think you pretty much, that was on the news literally three minutes after it happened. You know, it's that's just right. the nature of today. You know? Yeah. But back then, it's a little Somebody bit Somebody leaves a band, and the only way you Sometimes find out. Sometimes they might even say anything. They'll yeah. just say he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. That's it. Move on, yeah. You know, I mean, who are we here? 81, we've got ZZ Top. 82, we got Ted Nugent in the Coliseum again. And That's then, actually probably when my guitar teacher opened for him. Because be. it was at the Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. 
he was said he watched him uh, warm up, uh, mm-hmm. Ted, and he said so he gets on stage. He's a big like well he was thin then. He's you know tall guy, big mane of hair that whole mm-hmm. thing. And he said that he he walks by the stack of amps. So multiple stacks of amps, yes. and he he just runs his hand over the knobs, and it's just ten 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 ten, and then just starts going for it. Yeah, and then he's walking around the stage, figuring out where it feedbacks the most. Then they put the little green X on the floor. Then he'd keep kind of gibbering around and put the X down. So when he solos live, yeah, when you want to hit those harmonic notes, he knows where to walk around, where to stand. Ted also has some hearing loss. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, well, same as uh, Townsend. He's, and Brian Johnson. Yeah. Or, or was that a was that a rumor? No. Johnson that has, was. He's got okay. he does, hearing. Yes. Uh, Townsend's had hearing loss because they never wear earplugs. Yeah. Especially back Nowad- then. Nowadays, if you take a look at anybody, they've all got oh, earplugs yeah, yeah. in. You know. Yeah. But back then, no, I was just turn it all up and there you go. Grind your teeth. Grit your teeth. <laughs> and, and feel the wind from the speakers. That's right. You know, and if you're doing it at 10 and you're doing 200, 250 concerts in a year. It's amazing any of them can hear it all, to be honest. Like it's. Well, you wonder how much some of them can hear. Well, yeah, yeah. You know. Huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who else have we got here? Dave Edmonds in the Commodore. I wish the light was better. Scorpions, Iron Maiden, Girl School. That's a triple bill? Yeah. Coliseum. Coliseum. Scorpions were the headliner? Yes. Yeah. And that's the original. That's still the original Scorpions. Yes. And Iron Maiden, that would have, well, actually, what's his name? Dickinson would have been the singer, not uh, Paul D'Angelo or whatever. That's who I liked. That's when I first started listening to Iron Maiden. Okay. Because most of the stuff I got, I got from a place down on 4th. Oh, I forget the record. Zulu Records. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had an import section. And that's where I got, you know, you picked up Saxon and Girl School and Motorhead and um, everybody like that. That's where you got all your import because a lot of the stuff was never released here until much, much later. Slade, I picked up a lot of their stuff before it was ever released here. So that's not bad. No. But you get to, you get a lot of neat bands. And then Nugent, okay, he comes back again in 82. Actually, you got Robert Gordon, who plays very much like the music in our background. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's, you know, um, it's that 50s fifties uh, rockabilly. Yeah. And Chris Spedding was a guitar player. You know, a good guitar player. Very good. Although, I th- he, he was singing, um, like, in the background here. Was it, I heard Sinatra a little while ago, wasn't he? I don't know about My that. My Way? That's a Sinatra song, right? Now, what does this say, since I can't read it? <laughs> Well, then AC- in our improvised studio. Yeah, today. I know. <laughs> I mean, eighty-three ACDC comes back, and is that for those about to rock? Is that 80, 82, 83? Is that later? Something like that, I think. Well, that's eighty-three. Eighty-three. Because that's when Di- Princess Diana died. That's how I always yeah. remember that. The cannons. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I actually went to this concert or not. <laughs> it's in eighty-three. It's Queensrÿche as the opening act with Kiss. Oh, that's an interesting, yeah. And that's in the Coliseum. 
83. And I don't remember seeing Queensryche. And I always got to the concerts because I always wanted to see the opening act because yeah. you never know. That's right, yeah. And, That's right. But I don't remember... I don't know if I actually... This might have been one of the few Kiss ones that I've missed. And that's Kiss with makeup still, right? Because that's yep. Creatures. Creatures of the Night. I don't night. know. Yeah. Maybe even Unmasked. Yeah. Because then they went no... What was their first no makeup album? Oh, I should know this. Their I first no makeup. Wasn't... Uh, 83... Oh, all right. Lick it up. Ooh. Uh, now I'm feeling the pressure. Now my memory's shot. Uh-oh. <laughs> Who's this? Oh, Red Rider, BTO, Van Halen. Oh. I did go to this one, though. And that's, oh, I'm trying to read the date. 88? Anthrax? Oh, yeah. With Kiss. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I do remember some stuff about Kiss touring, or they had guys opening for him who were, like, metal. Yeah. Because I think Slipknot, too, well, I, I saw one once. one thing I will say about Kiss. Kiss always... They always went out and got bands who were good, good. or at least very decent. Mm -hmm. Most other acts... Buck Cherry once. Yeah. Kiss Alive 35. Yeah. It was Buck Cherry, yeah. They go out, other bands go out, and they get a band who's... They want to make sure <laughs> will not overshadow them. Yeah. They always... They all, all bands want to make sure they are the star on the stage. Whereas, if you get an act and they're good... You think it would push you to be even better. Well, that's the MJ approach, right? Yeah. You can be good, but I'm better. That's right. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you do. Yeah. I'm going to be better. Yeah. And then, see, Ellen, here's ACDC again in 88. The Stones with Living Color. Oh, yeah. It had been a while since they'd been here. And that's BC Place. Yes. Which is 50, 40. 40,000? Because it's tough with when you do a concert. Because yeah, if you got the yes. floor, geez, you could probably fit. Yeah, and they're not, you know. The only thing is you are cutting off part of it because of the stage. So yes, you're not like selling the back. Behind. Yeah. Yeah. But that's only, what, six sections? Yep. You know, that's like the end zone, essentially, right? And then I remember this one, Faster Pussycat and White Snake. That's when David Coverdale actually still had a voice. Yes. That's before... All the sound enhancements and modulators and everything else that he uses now. And they just announced uh, this is their last world tour. That's a sad I thing with those bands, last too. last one should have been his last yeah. tour. But, you know, also, too, I mean, okay, first of all, he is old. Like, he's getting up to 70. Yep. Right? And, okay, that's not old by, like, regular standards. That, But for, that's for... But his voice. Yeah. And the way that you sing, yeah. singing like that for that long? Yes. Shit. <laughs> no no um, modulations oh. and enhancers and boosters are going to help you there. You know? And here's a show that I missed. 1990. They were at 86th Street. Long John Baldry. Opening for the Choir Boys. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> I missed I missed that. Oh, there again. Even I, I'm upset I missed that, and I wasn't born for like five more years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that would have been a bit of what you fancy for the choir yeah. boys. That's their yeah. But I did see the Black Crows. No, I didn't. I missed them. <laughs> Damn it. Nineteen ninety. They were at Club Soda. 
I don't even know where that is. For clubs. It's, it's not around anymore. Oh, psh, no. Yeah. I missed that show, The Black Crows. That's the last time I ever missed them, by the way. Because they've come to town three or four other times. And they That's played, not bad, actually. They played the Queenie. They've played the Orpheum. And it's the sound's always been fantastic. And then, of course, we missed them because they were doing the reunion yeah. down in Whitewater. And COVID. COVID. Yes, COVID. Mm. Bad word. I mean, I think uh, I think just on COVID alone, I think I well in the UK, I think I missed five shows. Mm-hmm. And this will be the lo- well, we're into 1990 now, and you got Slaughter, Winger, and Kiss. Hey, there you go. In the Coliseum. So that's probably Revenge Tour. Which is Kiss. weird that they're in the Coliseum, in a yeah. way. But Kiss went through a period from where the 80s their popularity where just yeah really plummeted, which is r- kind of odd because like. I mean, I'm a true Kiss fan. I mean, I love songs. I love pretty much the entire album, you know, from every album. Yeah. But at the very least. I don't, but you know, okay. Yeah, half a dozen songs, whatever. Yeah. But the no makeup era was fantastic. Like, that was a great era for them. They just weren't selling out. Or yeah. or I guess they probably sold the, the Coliseum, but, small venues, but that's yeah. it. Not, nope. not emptying Coliseums. Uh, but you're going to Coliseums. think. Okay, or in stadiums, the- rather. In 91, ACDC comes. They're in the Coliseum. They're sold out. Mm-hmm. And then they come back again in again in 91. They came in January. Then they come back in June. Coliseum sold out again. Yeah. You know, so they're not playing GM Place or whatever. Yeah. I guess BC Place hadn't been built yet. 91? I don't even know. That's 30 years ago. It's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. Oh, yeah, we Oh, yeah, we got 91. You got Red Rider, BTO Van Halen, big deal. <laughs> but you got the Black Crows. And they're in the Queen Elizabeth Theater. And I, that was a f- I remember and that. And that's a great venue for for that style of music too yes. in particular. And then 94 well, you got the Stones in BC Place. Yeah. That's kind of the end. Well, no. I actually have. <laughs> One, two. I got. Oh, you got pages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One, two, three. Three and a half more pages that isn't fully filled out yet. Yeah. And that's up to like 91 so far. But, I mean, there's more bands in there. There's Black Crows, Black Crows, The Who, doing Quadrophenia. Okay, yeah. With uh, Billy Idol and with, um, who was the other guy that was with them? Gary Glitter. Hey, yeah. Well, they did the whole Quadrophenia. Right. And that actually was a good show. But it was it was like 75 bucks for a ticket. And that's when it's ticket prices. Okay, so we alluded to this earlier. So... What's the deal with the ticket prices? Who, who, yeah, I'll just. Ticket yeah. prices, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to set it up for you. That is <laughs> we a, all know. That is a coming. very nice little band called the Eagles. And for whatever reason, they decided they were going to charge $100 plus per ticket. And everybody said they were crazy. Because you weren't, you, nobody was charging that. Their entire tour sells out. Because mm-hmm. it's the Eagles. Every other band then goes, 
if they can do it, we can do it. So it goes from $3 to $8 to 20 bucks a ticket to 75 for Quadrophenia to 100 and something to Eagles to $1,500 now for the first couple of rows. Um, I went and saw Pink a number of years ago and it was like 200 or 300 bucks and you're up in the nosebleeds. Yep. It's like, no thank you. That's ridiculous. And you know what kind of pissed me off about that too was, so the last, the one and only time that I saw Springsteen, which was fantastic and funny enough, I went, so I got a concussion in November of 20, ooh, I was in grade 11. So I don't know what year, 2013? No, 2012, November 2012. Because that would have been, I graduated in 2014. Mm-hmm. So sure. Math. You still couldn't go to good concerts. So yeah, and, <laughs> and I was concussed. Like I, I was buggered still, like mm-hmm. post-concussive syndrome. Yeah. So I went to the concert anyway. Um, no, no regrets on that one. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. But same thing. We're in the nosebleeds and it was just me and my dad and we're in the nosebleeds at, should have been Rogers. Mm. I believe it was Rogers or GM and 300 bucks a ticket. Yeah. But what was Springsteen's whole shtick? He's working man. He's the blue collar guy. Yeah. 30 bucks a ticket, 40 bucks a ticket. Nope. Not anymore. Well, Okay. So that kind of bothered me. It's funny. But it was a great show. I've seen Kid Rock up here. Yes. And tickets were, you know, 80, 100 bucks. Yep. We saw him in the States. Yep. Well, I was separate from you. Yeah, well. (laughs) Somebody decided to take a girlfriend with him down near, right near the front and spend... Row six. Unbelievable amounts of money. Oh, yes. But the ticket prices were cheap. Yes. Now, the opening act was... Wheeler Walker Jr. But, I mean, you spent a lot of money on tickets. Yes. Oh, yeah. For for the two. And we spent, like, 60. Yeah. And we weren't that... We were second back. But we were still undercover in the amphitheater and all that. And it was fantastic. I mean, I think the most I've ever spent for tickets was... I think it was Ozzy. On which tour? Uh, the one that he just canceled, the one he canceled. Oh. And that was three fifty. Me and your dad were going to go. Yeah. And we were on the floor. I wasn't even supposed to be here. I was still in the UK, technically yeah. supposed to be in the UK. Yeah. And there was, you know, but it was like three fifty a ticket. Yeah. And then he cancels. And I went, you know, that's the most I'd ever paid. And I'm kind of thinking, eh, you know, is there anybody I would actually spend mm-hmm. 500 bucks to see? Yeah, for me, I got like three or four, maybe five, top five. I got a top five. That's oh, yeah. about it. Yours, let's see, Joe you know, Bonamassa. I would spend uh, any amount Kid of money Rock. for him. Kid Rock. Yeah. Uh, Kiss. Probably Kiss. Although, Kiss true. Well, but no, they've not always been pretty be... reasonable, Kiss, with, yeah. with their, well, I got a Kiss story for you. So, not Kiss Alive 35 tour, different tour. We were, I was in the box seat for that f- with my dad for whatever reason. And we all went to that. I think so. Yeah, you, you were up, you were up in the box seat. Yeah. Your mom was next to me. With my little brother. With your little brother. And I think Evan. my older brother was there as well in a different section. Yeah. It was uh, your mom, Evan, and me. 
and you guys were almost right above us in a yeah. box seat. And I don't know how we got the your box seat. It was a friend your, or someone. Yeah, your yeah. dad knew somebody. Yeah. And I guess Which was still good. Yeah. You know, but you are pretty high and far away. Yeah. But with whichever show it was, it was Vancouver and it was front row. I bought the meet and greet package. Oh yes. I mowed a lot of lawns to save up for this <laughs> twelve fifty ticket. Uh-huh. And now the nice thing with KISS which is unique to other bands when you get the VIP meet and greet, which I've mm -hmm. gotten Joe's twice. Yeah. One was Royal Albert Hall. I took my mom and the other time was in Brighton and I took my dad, mm -hmm. um, but very reasonable prices. And you ended up getting the full Blu-ray set for Joe for uh, one, which was badass because he's got a lot. And then I, you get some other perks, but anyway, yeah. long story short with Joe. And so with Kiss, I get an email the day of the show, and it was a working day, because mm -hmm. I was working landscaping, doing my thing, and the meet and greet is canceled. Mm-hmm. Tommy Thayer had the flu, I think. I remember something like that. And I was devastated. <laughs> well, let me tell you. You're spending $12.50 for a ticket. $12.50. Oh, and that was the other thing. I didn't finish that. They also play an acoustic set for all the VIPs, KISS does. And they, I don't know if they still do that with their VIP packages, but they did for a very long period of time. No makeup, you yep. know, just the acoustic set. And they, you know, then you'd hear like Hard Luck Woman or like some of these, you know, B-track. Stuff guess, they're never gonna play on never stage. Never will play on stage, but it's phenomenal. Sure know something, yep. you know, like stuff like that, you know. But yeah, I was okay. Devastated. So what happened with the ticket price? So you spend twelve fifty. You're still you got your front row, front dead row, center front row, and you you get some sort of goodies. But yeah, they re they reimbursed eleven hundred. So I ended up getting a front row ticket for one hundred fifty okay. bucks plus See? a signed photo, plus guitar picks, yeah. plus all the perks. Just not meeting them. But not meeting them. Okay. I was still See, that's not bad. <laughs> no, honestly, it was it worked out to be a once in a Great. lifetime deal kind but, of thing. But you, you miss would love to have met meeting them. your heroes, yeah. yeah. But I did meet Ace with Dad. Yes. So this I bought it for Dad as a Christmas gift, mm -hmm. and you get a pair of tickets. Okay. So we go to the Paramount. It's a small theater in um, Seattle. Seattle. Kind of right in Seattle too. Like it's it's kind of like in the downtown core. Yeah. And so the meet and greets are on his tour bus mm -hmm. after the show. Which is kind of funny. That's pretty cool. So, all right. So we're lined up. We're number 34, 35, whatever. So now we're talking to each other. We're doing the math and we're going, well, how many people you think bought tickets for this thing? And we're like, well, we're like 34. It might have even been 18 or 19. It was either 18 or 19 or 34 and 35, something like that. Um, a hundred something people bought these VIP packages to meet them. And so we get outside and we're going, holy shit, look at this lineup. So anyway, so you end up getting in your chronological order, more or less, and people are coming off the bus and you can kind of tell by the body language that they weren't like too thrilled. And so anyway, finally, you know, and you're chit-chatting in line with people, right? And, and so anyway, some guy comes out and he's like bummed and he's like, he doesn't say anything. We're like, what are you talking about? He doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk to you. He just signs your thing, you take a photo, and you get off the bus. They had so many people. They didn't anticipate that, although I don't understand 
You you just you stop know, selling the ticket, the VIP package well, you after a while. You know you're gonna sell a hundred maximum, or just sell fifty. Yeah. Like what do you anyway? So I'm saying to my dad, and my dad, so Ace is his hero. Like, this is yeah. his musical. I mean, Paul's my favorite in the band, yeah. but, you know, Ace is obviously, you know, like, Mo, I mean, John Five, you know, looks yes. at, you know, right, anyway. So I'm like, all right, I got to think, think of something, right? So from Ace's last album, or I guess at the time, the touring album was Origins Volume 1. Okay. And on this album he did a photo shoot with a particular background that's a very funky looking background and he's got his signature les paul which i was lucky enough to end up finding um <laughs> number 72 of 150 ever made gibson custom shop yes that cost some money it was a fifteen thousand dollar guitar that i got for five and where did you get it? Craigslist. Ah, yes. Thank you to Brian. He sent me the Craigslist ad while I was in the UK at two in the morning playing Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> well. And I wired the money over. So there you go. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, like, oh yeah, so this poster. And this particular photo shoot, you, he uploaded a lot of stuff on his social media from this photo shoot. It's in one of the album sleeves, you know, so it's an interesting interesting one i ended up doing a deep dive on google images and i found one image that never made it onto any published thing that i could ever find and it's a great he's got a great you know great pose and it's awesome looking poster so it's like a two foot by four foot poster more or okay. less something like that huge big big ass poster got it rolled up gonna bring it on and so we get on the bus, and I think Dad goes first, and he sits right next to Ace, and I get on, and I sit next to my dad. And so my dad's got a couple of things for him to sign. And, okay, he acknowledges you, like, you get on, you know, hey, Ace, how's it going? He kind of, hey, I don't even think he said, hey. He just kind of gives you, like, a nod. He's wearing his glasses, and he's wearing a skull scarf. But it's the same one that Paul wears all the time. And Paul is wearing that scarf in the Fire and Water music video from Origins. Okay? This is like a $600 scarf because I've looked it up. I wanted to buy it. And I was like, ah, oh, damn. Maybe yeah, next too time. Too much money. Maybe next time. Yeah. yeah. I, bought, I bought his guitar. <laughs> We're broke. We're broke. Yes. So I look, I look at Ace and I, and I, well, I start laughing. And I'm like, Dad, he's wearing his scarf, right? And so I say to Ace, and I'm like, so are you and Paul sharing clothes now? <laughs> he chuckled. I start laughing because I think it's funny. He chuckles. I'm like, all right, I've made Ace oh, laugh. Yeah. He said something. He said something. So then we roll out the poster. Mm -hmm. And he rolls it. So he's sitting at this table, like on a tour, you know, the tour bus table, yeah. right? And he rolls like maybe, well, he rolls like a third of it. And then he just to sign it. And then he keeps rolling it, so he's got almost the whole thing open, and he's kind of like looking at it. And so I start smiling because I'm like, he must know that, you know, this is not an image. You, it, I've never found it other than this one time, and saved it, and went to Costco, got a poster yeah. made, right? And he's kind of admiring it. He signs it, and he sort of leans over, and he goes, "I like your poster." <laughs> Thanks, Ace. Holy shit. But the, 
and we took our photos well, you, and we got off. But I got them to laugh when I got them to talk. You gotta I'm like, think so that gotta you know, do if it for you've got a hundred people, that you you're can't signing, you can't talk. You've to only them. got because okay. people will fucking they won't think leave. about it. They'll they'll stay and chat you with you spend, all night. If you spend a minute with each one, <laughs> That's a minute, minutes. you're there for an hour and a half after the show. Believe me, I know how long it was because I'm sitting in the car. <laughs> waiting for you guys going, to come holy back shit. going like what the hell's taking them <laughs> like they're not at the end of the line yeah they're at the front like or near the front what the hell you know but you, you know i mean okay two minutes each you got 100 people 200 there's three hours of his time oh yeah yeah it's and that's it's crazy yeah you know i mean you're on stage for an hour and a half and you're gonna spend three hours in your tour bus signing stuff that you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. but that's that's my. I was very. I'm like, cause my. I could tell too. Like my dad when we got on, he was like, like, you know, when you said hi and he doesn't really say anything, you and you're of, like, oh mm-hmm. shit, he really doesn't say anything. You know, cause someone comes off and they say whatever they say. You know, then you get on and oh, kinda, man. oh yeah, right, and so I'm like, no, I got this. Hold my beer, <laughs> let's go. But I mean, that's you know, I mean, it's different, I guess, if you're. If you're doing it before the show. Yeah. Which I think that's what KISS does. Yeah. Because most of them You then know you've got two hours. Yeah. Or sometimes uh, some of the meet and greets, you can actually have dinner with them. Yeah, that's right. Or or something to eat with them before the show. So you know there's there's a a three-hour window. And it's a small group. And then they've got an hour to get prepared before they go on stage. It doesn't matter whoever the band is. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how it is. I mean, when I saw the choir boys at 86th Street, my son, John, he took me to the 86th Street. And it's a very small club. uh, Not 86th Street, sorry, Studebakers. Oh, yeah. And it's a small bar club. Great for the band. They're up there, and, you know, Spike is drinking brandy. That's his. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people were buying and he was getting sent up brandy. When the show is over, they're sitting by the door at a table. Anybody who wanted could come up, talk to them. They'd sign autographs. You could buy merchandise from them, you know, whatever. But they were there for hours afterwards. And that's what they were doing. They were sitting there drinking. And you go up, you could talk to them. You sit down with them for a little bit. That's how they did it. You know, and there's no extra charge. They were just, they're a bar band. They enjoy people. And, uh, you know, the wild. Yes. Kelowna or Kamloops? Kelowna, I feel like they're from. They're from someplace up there, yeah. yeah. Kelowna or Kamloops, one of the Ks. So I went and saw them in London. At, in, oh, okay, because we saw them. You saw them open for Steel Panther. Yeah. No. Or you saw them on their own. Saw them on their own at the Commodore. They were on their own at the Commodore. They were, they were at the Commodore. That's pretty good. They were at the Commodore. Great hard rock band. Um, Local band. Wait a minute. Local-ish band. Where? No, the Wild was at... Must have been smaller than the Commodore. They've no, opened for they Steel were, Panther They were the opening for a different band... Airborne. Yeah. Yeah, Commodore. We were at that. Yeah. Yes. I saw Airborne. saw Tyler Bryant open for Airborne. 
in London as well. And I took a friend of mine to that. So anyway. Well, that band, I think, haven't they been sued by ACDC for basically ripping off everything imaginable? Have they? I don't know if they've been if sued. If you listen to them. Well, if you listen to them, yeah. It's ACDC. I mean, they're an Aussie band too, yeah. So they got but the... still... Oh, yeah, no, but it's like even the another level of, yeah, Oh, yeah. wait a minute. That riff is, that's, that's, uh, no, it's, that's, oh, that's their song. That's no, right. it's not. That's it. That's this song. That's that song, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I think they just changed some words and they put it out as them. And yes. so we're in, we're in London in Camden, which is a pretty grungy area. It's like a, I know Camden. It's like a hipster. Yeah. It's a, I like it. It got burnt down. Yes. I know. I saw it before it got burned. <laughs> you started the fire. Yeah. <laughs> no, I loved it. I was there. Oh, we were there because we were in London on a stopover. Uh, where were we going? We were going to Croatia. Okay. So we went to London for three days. And yeah. Camden was one of our offshoots. And yeah. Because I guess technically it's like a borough. Right, in, in and, London, right? And you could tell the guys, some of them had spiky hair yes. and all that. And they yeah. were doing that more for the tourists to get pictures taken. But they had a lot of really funky little... Clubs and not even dives. I wouldn't and... call them shops even. They were more kiosks. Yeah. In yes. Right in... Yeah. yeah. And they got cool little houses. Like, it's just a funky area. It is. And so we saw the wild, and I don't even actually know who opened. I don't remember. 50 people so the bars downstairs and it's a hole in the wall mm -hmm. and then upstairs is the venue yeah. and the music venue for the guys on stage they could jump and hit their head on the ceiling so it's a tiny little place and these guys play loud but you see see that's something that you would never see here that's right I and mean, so my follow-up to that was so then they finish playing we're downstairs having a few drinks, and they come down. And, you know, I'm you know, a Vancouver boy, so I'm like, hey, you know, we get chatting. So anyway, we ended up doing a few sh few shots, which was pretty cool for me. I'm sure they were annoyed by me getting when we get the hell out of there, but I'm like, oh, these well, guys are so good. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the choir boys. They play in places that are 100, 150 people. Well, in um, Guildford, yeah. where I went to university, they're playing. Uh, so, okay, the same tour, they're playing, uh, well, they're playing a number of places, but one, like, just for a quick comparison, they're playing the Kent Kentish Forum, which is London. Okay. It's about 5,000. That's where they recorded um, the most recent live album. Okay. Um, which I, I was at that show for that one, which was badass. It was a bit of what you fancy in, in its yeah. entirety. Can't remember the name now. I get I get on the spot. And then, anyway, Paul's <laughs> shaking his head right now if he's listening to this. Uh-huh. Anyways. Um, and then they're going to play in Guildford. So October 1st. I think of this year, it's Guilford. 120 people? Yeah. Huh. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I ain't complaining. Don't well, get me wrong. See, it's a I boiler room I in Guilford. I don't quite understand how, how the Crazy. bands can survive. You know, how much well, they you, offset it with the 5,000 Yeah, shows. but how much, how much money are you going to make? <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, not much. I mean, it's just 100, what is it? you know, gas whatever money? people. Gas money to get there, maybe, and free booze? I don't know. That's, you know, it. <laughs> But you hear that a lot because I've yeah. seen a lot of tours and that over there. And you're going, well, wait a minute, they're playing in this. So you look it up in the end and you're going, well, that only holds 200 people. Yeah. And that only holds this. And you're going, what, like, what the hell? You know, people would never do that here because it isn't worth their while to go to, uh, you know, one night you're playing the Commodore 
and the next night you're playing the Biltmore Hotel with 120 <laughs> people. Right, yeah. Although Faster Pussycat was going to be playing the Biltmore. And that's 100, and, I think it's about 120 people. That's it. You know, and you're kind of going, well, how are they, you know, I don't understand the financial part of that. It makes no sense. And that's kind of the shitty part about Vancouver is that not only are we in Canada, and so the Canadian dollar, which ticket sales are in the currency that you're playing yes. the venue, right, um, is generally historically always been weak, usually shockingly weak, yeah. um, you know, and then geographically, there's, we're really there's, far away. There's nothing here. No. I mean, okay, you can go out to Abbotsford, which we've done many times to see Tom Tom Fogarty and Kiss and ZZ Top and bands like that. And and oh. funny, we saw Kiss there on yeah. on the I can't remember the name of the tour, but it was like yeah, it was like the forgotten cities. Like it was like they played these small yeah. venues. Yeah, Meatloaf played out there. That's right. And but he's also played. I saw him at um, the Hard Rock Casino. That only holds, I don't know, 1,000 people, maybe? I don't even know if it holds the river. That. Which one's the bigger one? Because there's the Hard river Rock, Rock and the River River Rock, Rock is bigger. Okay. That's out in uh, Richmond. Yeah. You know, I've seen them there. I've seen them in the Coliseum. You know, and they don't seem to have bands. They still have some bands in the gardens. Because I saw Am and Amarath there. I saw Ghost there. Um... They don't really have very many in the Agridome anymore. And other than that, you've got, well, the Railway Club. We were there. And who'd we see there? It was... Um, I don't actually know if I've ever been there. Your dad and I were there, and it was... Who is it? Is that the... Did we see the Wild there? Maybe. That actually, I think so. Yeah. That sounds familiar. And it's only like a couple of hundred people. Yeah. Or you go to the Vogue, which is small, or the Orpheum, or the Queenie, BC Place, or, or GM Place. Mm -hmm. That's you know, it. But there's no other real clubs. Well, and, and the, but, but even if there were clubs, the bands aren't going to travel to Vancouver to play clubs. No. You'll have local bands, try, you know, like, the, you know, like, Kind of like the Sunset Boulevard equivalent, right? You play your little dive bars and then your clubs and then, but you know, even, then you're playing the whatever, the Whiskey A Go-Go. But it's you know, all in that geographical area. Together, whereas where the population is also much larger, 20 times what it well, is. Look at you New know. York. You can go to New York and you can play 20 different places within a four hour drive, mm -hmm. three hour drive. Mm -hmm. And they're all fairly big sizes. Whereas we don't have that. No. You know, I mean, if you look at the concerts... They're all either They're small venues. Five thousand, three thousand, or the Coliseum. And then you get the mega stars who are going to GM place or BC place. But even then, they're only doing that later on in their career. Yeah. Whereas if they were Well, it's like where did we see Pink? Because she played two nights. And the funny part was She played two nights? She played two nights. And that was Rogers? Or he didn't say. Sorry, I was listening to Elvis. <laughs> I was really? listening to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay, where is Pink in here? I think Pink was after you too. 
You too, eh? Yeah, that was a... Worst concert I've ever been to. One of my, yeah. No. No? What's no. the worst one for you? Mark Knopfler. Oh, yeah, we were at that one as well. Okay, Pink. We almost fell asleep. I think I actually You're did fall asleep. Good. I dozed off. Pink was 2019. She okay. was in Rogers Arena, two shows. Shit. Okay. okay. That's went, a payday I, right I there. I went with Jen, and we were up in the nosebleeds, and they were still like 300 and some bucks a ticket. Okay. The next night, the same tickets were for something. What? Because I had choices. Because when I was buying the tickets, I could buy either for the one night or the other night. And I noticed the second night, the prices were more expensive than the first night. Oh, that's night. very strange. You would think it would just be... The, it's already expensive. Yeah. But then again, I, I suppose if you're gonna if you're gonna pay three hundred, why not pay four hundred? Like I suppose there there becomes well, a certain price range where um, it's like. Who else were we looking at? We were looking at going to see Bob Seger until we saw the prices. The f <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. U2 was absolutely stupid as well. U2 was stupidly expensive for a horrible show. That isn't the worst show. The worst. And I was a U2 fan going into that. Uh, not a huge. Fan. I wasn't. I, I was went, like an average. fan. I went because my dad wanted to go, and I yeah. thought. I've never seen them, what the hell. I mean, yeah. they've played the Commodore, for God's sakes, in, in their early life. Well, they were late coming on, and I didn't really think it was all that good. And they were going in this funny light thing that they were walking inside, and I'm going, oh, fuck. Yeah, no. No, no, never again. No. Saw them once, was disappointed. The only other artist I was really disappointed in well, other than Mark Knopfler, who could put me to sleep, which no problem. Um, <laughs> well, your dad did fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I, I dozed off. I know. It was like, really? And and the opener was really good. No, I can't remember. Was it that. Winwood? No, it was not. Winwood Win opened for someone, though. Yes. I only saw him one time, and it was Rogers, um, and he opened for someone pretty good. But it was not, not because Knopfler was in. That was a Queenie. And those were expensive too. Yes. And we were at the top. We were up at the top, so you'd get a good view, but pretty far away. Yeah. No. Um, let's see. Who else was an an abomination to go? Oh. You know it's a bad night when you go to see an artist, and you find out later their contract says they have to be on stage for ninety two minutes. It's in the contract? It's in the contract. At 92 minutes, he's off stage. He's gone. He's gone before then. The band plays for a bit after he's left stage. The band plays a bit before he gets on stage. And it's the type of artist who he doesn't acknowledge the audience. Um, he doesn't really look at the audience all that much. Sometimes he's looking at the band. You may as well take his, seat, his best hit CD put it on and listen to it. There's that much warmth. And that's Van Morrison. Oh, okay. And the only reason I went to see him was because it was supposed to be Van Morrison, Bonnie Raitt, and the Stones. And Van well, Bonnie Raitt and the Stones? Damn. I saw Bonnie Raitt and the Stones. Yeah. And it's in there years down the road. But Van Morrison didn't come for some reason. I, I don't know why. So I thought, okay, I'll go and see him because I like his music. Mm -hmm. And I watched him once on 
Austin city limits or something. And he was, he was good. He talked to the audience that no, he has stage fright, but you may as well put a record on that's how much warmth. And I'm thinking I spent 120 bucks for tickets. I could just put the CD on and listen to it. Like, yes, them, you two, and Mark Knopfler never, ever. Yeah, no, and and you two so much. I mean, Mark Knopfler. I never was really a huge. I was a Dire, dire Straits fan. I anyway. love Dire Straits stuff, but yeah, he doesn't play that. No, no, it's all solo new stuff, which yeah, is not that great. No, it's not. But I know, like, with you two, like, I don't even really listen to them anymore. Like, after that, I almost never... I never listened to them before listen to that. Them. Yeah. I just went because, well, okay, fine. Yeah. Never seen them. Go with it's, it. Yeah, go with them. You know. So I got one for you, which we were at. We, we talked about earlier, uh, briefly. So Kid Rock in Vancouver. Yes. So the story behind that one was... Which one in Vancouver? The one that I was at. I think it was only the one time, No. Rogers. Do you know how many times he's been here? Well, he, not he at Rogers, a, though. No, he did a solo one in the Coliseum. Oh, it was in the Coliseum. Uh, sorry, in the, the Commodore. Com- it was the Commodore, yeah. yeah. It was just him. Yeah. And he was doing that because he has his kid, and he didn't want to tour because his, he, he wanted to So he would do a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and then he's home for the week. And then I saw him in the gardens. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that you was did see good. Yes, that's right. That was good. So the Vancouver one. Yes. I'm trying to remember how that was a little while ago. But dad was supposed to go. Yes. And couldn't or whatever, something. So mom came. Yes. <laughs> and Kid Rock is known for having dancers. <laughs> yes. He has dancers. He has dancers. Yes. On the poles on the stage. And yeah. if you remember that stage, it was really cool. It was like a saloon. That so, was the Jim Beam one. Yes, that's right. That's, that's why we're sponsoring them. Which is why the ticket prices were lower because yes. he gets the sponsor. I think in White River it was Chevy. Um, I don't know who was. It doing was a vehicle. It, it, was, it, it was seems trucks. to be cheaper down there anyway. It's always cheaper down there anyway. Right. Yeah, and so Mum not really a fan of his at all. And we're like, you know, I go, like, it'll be good, it'll be good, right, right, mm. goes, goes, goes. Anyway, mom loved it, but she was like, well, I just don't really like the strippers on the stage. Yes. I mean, I didn't mind. I, I, I was unbothered <laughs> but, by the entertainment. Put it this way. If you had a T-shirt from the Pretty Reckless where she's got half her boobs, you may never find it again after it's been washed. Do I, That's true. You want to <laughs> tell me the one, and I tell you, I still think about this, Shaggy concert. Yes. Which one? The Commodore? first one. No, the first one that I went to at one of the casinos. I think it was the River Rock. It was a Hard Rock or the River Rock. You had already seen them once. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or twice, maybe. Twice. Yeah. And so we go, we walk uh-huh. in, mm-hmm. past the merch. Yep. And there's a t-shirt that says, it wasn't me, which yes. is one of his biggest hits. Yes. But the font <laughs> was... All sex positions in yeah. the letters. You weren't allowed to buy it. I, my dad was like, eh. he's like, I think it's cool. I thought it was the best shit I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm you, like, this and is you fantastic. Couldn't buy it, and I didn't, and I should have. You would never have found it again. Uh, 
Mom would have been gone. Mom never would have found it in the first place. Yes, she would have. <laughs> my mom gets mad at me for wearing my Stone Cold shirt because it says Stone Cold. No, it says Stone Cold on the front, and yeah. then on the back it says Fuck Fear. But instead of the U, it's his skull. Well, she wouldn't like the um, which is badass. He used she, to wear it. She wouldn't like Stone the Cold. Kid Rock one from the states either. No fucks given. <laughs> no zero fucks his, given. His fuck tank. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean. I've seen him. Oh, that's good. And he, uh, like with Shaggy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've seen him. I've seen him twice at the Commodore. And he actually, because it was so, so, tickets sold out so fast, he did two shows that night. Uh, sorry, and this we, Shaggy? Yeah. Yes. And if we had known that, we would have also bought tickets for the second one. Mm-hmm. So. But we didn't know that at the time, which yeah. is unfortunate. I know. Those back, like, I think for me, like, so when Joe Bonamassa came here... Was that the first time that you had seen him? Because yes. I think that's right. That was like driving towards the daylight. So I was like graduating high school yeah. when I discovered him. And he, he was and doing, he'd been around a while. He was doing back-to-back shows. He did three. Three. And you, I went to all three. Yeah. We only went the one night. Yeah. And I went all three nights. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Amsterdam. So I saw him in England. Mm-hmm. Saw him in Brighton and whatever. And March yeah, or but something. Yeah, flying to Amsterdam then, is what? An hour and a half flight? An yeah. hour flight? I'm a student. And it's know, cheap. The money should be going towards my education. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Let's go to but concerts. But it's cheap. But I went to, you know, back to back at yeah. where he recorded with Beth Hart, the oh. same venue live in Amsterdam. Yes. I can't remember. It's a French name. The theater. I'm amazed you didn't go on, on the boat cruise. I wanted to. Beth Hart was on it. Yes. Joe Bonamassa and that. I think Jared was on it. He was on the most recent one, Jared James Nichols. And then there's the other one, uh, the other boat cruise, which had... Um, Is that the Monsters of Rock one? Yes. Yeah, and and choir Boys do that choir one all the time. Scorpions. Tattoo. It had all these other bands. And some of it's on YouTube. Yeah. The Odd Song. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah. We were, we were joking that, you, you know, I, I always do a, a fair bit of prep for, for these podcasts. You did nothing. I did nothing <laughs> for this one. I just drove here and showed up. Well, just wait. We <laughs> you made did it. all the legwork We for, have for made today. it two pages. Yeah. And there's still one, two, three, and a bit. And then I've got three inches. Oh, and what year? And it stops at 91. Yeah. Yeah. I've got three inches of paperwork to go through. And each page is one concert Yeah, that I've got to put into this list. So I feel like eventually we're going to be doing 91 to 2019. Yeah. Sometime oh, yeah. in there. Oh, yeah. It'll just take a while to go through, God knows, three inches of paperwork. Oh, yeah. And plugging it all in and, you know, but I mean, it's the bands, you know, and then, of course, I'm sure somewhere along the line, I'm going to go, wait a minute. I remember seeing this band. And then you start looking it up and going, oh, that was back in 78 or whatever. Because there is nothing anywhere that gives a comprehensive list of everything that's been in Vancouver. You can go to the Coliseum. They're missing a ton of acts. You can go to the Commodore Ballroom uh, website. There's stuff missing. You can go to, I went to the Empire Stadium. That wasn't bad because I've only had like six concerts. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, the Queen E doesn't have a big list. You know, because there's other bands that, 
like I saw Kodo, which is a Japanese taiko drumming. They're not listed anywhere. Um, there's stacks of bands that, you know, they play these little places, they get no mention anywhere, which is unfortunate. That's why we got to track them down, do a mm. podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I think that's, we've been going for a while, so I think oh, it's probably let's see. a What time a is good, it? Uh, <laughs> 9.30. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we've been going for a while, but I think it's probably yeah. a good place to... We've got a lot. There's a lot more concerts we can go through in that. Oh, yeah. So we got... Just got to dig them all out now and... Uh... We got potential. Oh, yes. <laughs> but anyway... I blame it all on your dad. Absolutely. It's all his fault. It's a good way to go. <laughs> oh, yes. And I promised I'd give you the list so you can give it to your dad. Oh, yes. There we go. There you go. The handing of the list. Yeah, oh, you can yes. tell him that's the start. That's right. He can't have this. The Vancouver Pop Festival and Seattle Pop Festival. I know I've got photos of bands of, you know, Santana and It's a Beautiful Day and uh, Spirit. And I don't think I got any pictures of 10 years after. But you got to remember, nobody has, we didn't have cell phones back then. Oh, yeah. So you actually had Cameras to have a camera. Were, yeah. Ye, ye old cameras. <laughs> yes. And you had the roll of film that you had to take in and get developed. I know I got pictures, though, of uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company with Janis Joplin when they were here. Um, same thing with um, Jefferson Airplane with Grace Slick. But back then, you weren't allowed to take pictures. And it's not like you could subtly sneak in a no. huge honking camera. I know when uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company, I was there with, um, oh, what was his name? Richard Duffels. And he worked part-time with at a, news, a small newspaper, so he had a press pass. So that allowed him to go down to take a couple of pictures, because he said it was for the, for the newspaper. Not. <laughs> not. Well, you got to think, back in the day, tickets weren't anything like now, right? You, there was no codes. There weren't any sort of holograms. I mean, when I was in grade 10, for instance, there was a, a concert, and it was a red cardboard ticket. So I was at Vancouver Tech. We had a print shop. I was in the print shop, so we took the ticket. And we matched the typeface, we set it up, and we printed, I don't know, 50 tickets. <laughs> Just a small number. Yeah, and then what we did is we, we got a numbering machine and numbered it and gave them out. And people used them and they got in because they were just cardboard tickets. They were easy to fake. Nowadays... Nah, fat chance. You don't even get tickets. You got to go through on your metal phone. detectors too now. Shit. Yeah, they're on your phone. Yeah. You know, nowadays, not only you go through metal detectors, you can't take backpacks. You can't take a big purse. Uh, yeah, you go through the metal detectors. I mean, I think the first time we had to go through metal detectors, we were down in, uh, where was that? That was White River. No, before no, that. Before? It was, um, oh, we saw... Megadeth and Judas Priest probably Scorpions Scorpions and Mickey D was drumming and 
we had to go through metal detector and then you had to walk across this ramp to go out to where the seating and all that was. I think they've torn the place down or they renovated it or something. But we had to go through metal detectors there and that was the first time. And I thought, oh, very American. Now you have to do it in Canada. But anyways. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being okay. here, Tony. Well, now you get to uh, pack up. Yeah. Go home. Ship on home. And then I'll... I'll actually, I think it's supposed to rain tomorrow. If it rains tomorrow, maybe I'll dig out and start going through the list. Oh, yeah. Got to start somewhere. Could end up being 15, 20 pages long. <laughs> it's definitely going to end up being 15, 20 pages long. <laughs> well, that's just that. I mean, you know. When you're as old as dirt, you see a lot of you see a <laughs> right. lot of concerts. That's right. Especially when that's what you enjoy doing, you know. So not a big deal. Yep, but exciting times. Yeah. So, anyways, at least I got to see all the good bands. All the good ones. Yeah. Right on. Thanks so much, Tony. Okay. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>